Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I don't like blood. Welcome to what I believe is the 12th season of With Gorley and Rust, like the 12 days of Christmas, 12th night or what you will. That's good. And or like Thursday the 12th. (gasps) Right before Friday the 13th. Yeah, right before the unluckiest of numbers. This is our last thing we can hold on to before the unluckiest number. Oh, Oh God. God. But also, I like the 12 days of Christmas. That's that's pretty perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Here we are. We're doing a sort of, I wouldn't call it a mini or a maxi season. We've decided we're going to do five holiday movies for this season. Yeah. It's a good number. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, uh, oh, I'm Paulie. <laughs> and I'm Maddie G. <laughs> we're changing our personas. For, <laughs> oh, that's the, the exciting Coming 12th to you. gift on the 12th day of Christmas. Live from the Jersey Shore. <laughs> <laughs> this is with Gorley and Rust, a yeah. podcast where we talk at length, in a cozy manner, easy listening style about horrors and thrillers and yeah. scaries. Right. We're already, I mean, we were so excited to talk. We were chomping at the bit just to, just That's to, right. uh, um, uh, uh, but the, I think the idea with the holiday movies were, um, uh, we'll announce them, yeah. but, uh, it kind of worked out that like the the main period of movies does kind of slot in at a certain four or five weeks of the year. Interesting, yeah. Early, early on, definitely stacked towards the early part. Yeah, of the year. so it's best to kind of do them around this time of the year. But yeah. um, I mean, people can do some digging. There's not many like. I think reputable. I think we're doing reputable. the ones that need to be done, and yes. you and I both agreed on that. We understand we're leaving some out, and then there's lots of that could 
potentially cross over into holiday. Yes. uh, Like, for instance, one that came up was, Mm -hmm. I still know what you did last summer. It's a 4th of July thing, but we thought, well, maybe we might tackle Mm -hmm. that whole franchise. So let's not do that. Yes. Graduation day. Is it really a holiday? Who knows? (laughs) Right, right, right. And I don't think that people get a federal uh, holiday (laughs) and day off from work for graduation. Yeah. The only one we both felt good about not including that was a holiday one was Mother's Day because it just... It just, sometimes they just seem too bleak. Yeah, yeah. And I think then there's a Father's Day that we have to, then we right. owe. <laughs> yes, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 yeah, and and I, I wouldn't say it's improper, I'd say, uh, to watch a movie about Mother's Day before May. You know, it's kind of like, don't wear white oh, after you Labor can't do Day. It, it simply isn't done. I would say it's more obscene. It, it's it's tasteless. It's tasteless and obscene and uh, rude. It's crude, downtown and, and day class day. Yes, it's. <laughs> do you want to take us through the films that we're going to be covering? Let's do them. Let's do them together. That's right. It's if you're listening to this on the Patreon feed, well, which, you know what we're you saw the title. Yeah, and you know that it's December twenty third, and it's not even it's it's two days before Christmas. That's if you're right. listening on the free feed. You're getting a Christmas movie discussion uh, five days after Christmas, so... That's right. I guess it's the difference between opening a gift December 23rd, two days before Christmas, getting a a gift, Uh um, versus sometimes would you have that experience where you maybe visit a... An aunt or an uncle, like a few days after yes. Christmas, and then yeah. I mean, it's not bad. It no, was cool. You I mean, go over. They're like, "Hey, we got a gift for you." You're like, "Hey, cool, wow. a toy <laughs> keeps giving." Yeah. Christmas keeps giving. My aunt got me a toy. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, um, yes. Yeah, so the twenty December twenty third mm-hmm. uh, is now. And we're discussing a Black Christmas. Oh, I'm so excited! And remember, Matt, Christmas is not spelled with an X. <laughs> Is that because, did you have this thing too, that I was told as a kid by my buddy, Jeff Carson, my neighbor, like you shouldn't do Xmas because mm-hmm. X, X is out Christ mm-hmm. and it's the devil's way of doing Christmas. I didn't hear it put that way, but that is really, uh, yes. Yeah. The same, so, uh, I got to dig into this little detail. Was he, uh, 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 did you know him as a friend? Who he was a really close friend. Uh, <laughs> I mean, weren't we all? To fight him? I I would just say that I would get all my urban legends from Jeff Carson. He was also mm-hmm. the one that recapped The Shining for me, having never seen it, and told me that even though Jack gets his arm cut off, it grows back. <laughs> so take Ur- it with a grain of salt. A trusted and source. He's also the brother of Johnny Carson, not the talk show host who lived across the street. We all did from Steve Martin. This was on my street, yeah. And then that was Caddy Corner to Carl Reiner. <laughs> and Caddy Corner to him was Sid Caesar. Yeah, and there was a series of little rivers around the corner that we called the Mel Brooks. Could go on. Let's go to the next movie. <laughs> that is Let's silence of a gasp delight. Let's go on to the next movie. Uh, so the next movie when We is... only drank Imaging Coco. What? Imaging Coco. Oh, Lee Iacocca. Hey, if we could get those two together. Oh, finally, once and for all. Imagine. Wow. Um, 
once and for all. America's been hoping for this. We've um, been shipping Imogene and Lee Iacocca for years. Uh, so, uh, um, a drum roll. Yeah. Or, or, or maybe it's more a, a countdown, a New Year's Eve style Ten, countdown. Nine, eight, seven, well, six, get down to the bottom five, and start singing four, Old three, and all of two, one. Should all the, the second be holiday slasher movie is New Year's Evil. <laughs> New Year's Evil. This uh, is so it couldn't be better timing, and that's coming. The 30th, the 30th mm-hmm. right on the doorstep of New Year's Eve. But if you you're, can time it so that the movie starts right at midnight. Yeah, or the podcast. <laughs> or the podcast, that's right. If you're at home listening to this, as the countdown of New Year's Eve happens into 2023, we salute you. Welcome you and salute you. Yeah. Yes. Okay, then next is... Uh, the third uh, that we are watching is... Uh, oh, oh, well, of course... It's my bloody Valentine. That's right. Uh, so that is at number three. Um, Matt. Yeah. Have you seen my bloody Valentine? No. Hold on. I've never seen any of these five movies. Good golly, Miss Molly. Is that right? <laughs> maybe I've seen Leprechaun. I don't remember it. Or maybe you've seen a Leprechaun. That I sometimes. know I've seen. <laughs> By the way, I have a nephew who has a Christmas wish list that is full of hundreds and hundreds of Funko Pops, and then in the middle of that is just a box of Lucky Charms. <laughs> I was like, I could, I could get you that. You uh, I like to have a special day for that if you want. So great when you're a kid and making a wish list. It's like all things being equal. Yeah. Also like Lucky Charms. I mean, there's a pink Valentine's Day Darth Vader Funko Pop. And then a box of Lucky Charms, Chucky Larms. My bloody Chucky Valentine. Lars, uh, I know. Eat this cereal, uh, you kook. <laughs> they had, of course, they can't have Chucky say, you know, vulgarities in their commercials. He, he says, you kook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. What so, tab were we on? Uh, I don't know. Oh, My bloody so Valentine. You, you said you hadn't seen. You no, were, and I'm you very. Went, I haven't seen any of these. I movies. haven't seen any of these, and I'm very surprised, even though I know this, to find out My Bloody Valentine somehow also takes place in a coal mine. Yes, it does. Isn't that's weird to me? I'm I'm curious to see how that comes together. Yeah. Well, on a on the flip side, I have seen all these previously. Oh, this is great. But long ago, right. so it's basically like I'm watching it for. Oh, yeah, that's not true. I watched my bloody Valentine during in COVID at some point, mm. and uh, um, hey, if you liked the Canadian slasher vibe oh, of. Dude. Black Christmas, and then previously Ooh. Terror Train, which are solid. Plus The Brood, Dead Zone, they all have that. There's some of Canadian horror, mm. top notch. Mm. I know sometimes mm. we slang Canadians a little bit on the show. That's to say, it's it's more when American movies go up there to pass off as American. When yes, they're just yes, that's Canadian what it was. Productions, pull, we, we pull the curtain back on Hollywood trying to say... This is New York City, or yeah, it's yeah. really self-loathing. Loathing when it's mm-hmm. actual Canadian productions, top-notch. Yes, I, the, uh, uh, I mean, I think Terror Train was voted coziest award for most coziest cinematography. And I mean, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves on Black Christmas, but come on. Oh, number one with a bullet. Yeah. Um, uh, now I will say, along with the Brood, the ones that you mentioned too, like. Um, <laughs> 
I don't think my bloody Valentine reaches mm. the same austere mm. quality, but it does have that kind of whatever that like foggy, mm, yeah. misty, warm hue. Oh, what what yeah. is that like? That gauzy, uh, yeah, diffused light, diffused. gauzy, diffused light. There's also a movie, um, a Canadian slasher movie that takes place on April Fool's Day. Wink. Uh, uh, this is the one we're going to do? No, no, no. What? It's called Slaughter High. It was originally oh. called, I think, April Fool's Day, but they changed the title because of another movie called April Fool's Day, which we may or may not uh, watch. Just we don't no even spoilers. Know. Come on. Jeez. But- <laughs> let us get to it. Let us get there. Uh, 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 that is like super... Um, diffused, gauzy slasher movie. Whoa. But the April Fool's Day prank that kicks off the movie is so brutal. Worse than Terror Train's prank? Yeah, because the actor in it seems like he doesn't like it. Ugh. And the, his name is something Scudamore. Hmm. Simon Scudamore? And he, uh, uh Stuart? Mm. And then within a year or so after he made the movie, he killed him. He took his own life. The actor did? Yeah. Because of the... Mm. Whoa. I mean, you know, the internet likes to then like say, yeah. uh, a person, you know, has a, all, is a, lives a complex life. Wow. It's maybe outside of, you know, but like when you watch the scene, it hangs over the scene when he's getting like... Well, whatever you can say, we 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 no no no. I was just gonna say we chose the better. Uh, okay, if we do choose, yeah. An I mean, Fools. let us get to it. So, uh, my bloody Valentine, yeah, rip rip, <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, what are you gonna do about it? Did I hear you mention the lucky charm? Are you talking about the hells of Saint Mary? Oh dear, it's March the 15th. Is that right? No, that's the Ides of March. I, I trust you, Leprechaun. I Who, don't me? know. <laughs> well, now you've let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> you like cats, right? Do uh, leprechauns like cats? I, I I'm like, like Alf. I like to eat them. No, no, no. You, I don't mean like, like them in an Alf way. I mean like... Too a, late. I already do. You do like to eat them. Yes. Oh, because I had to like... Cats seem to be can be lucky or unlucky, so him having a little like familiar. What are you talking about? Nine lives is very lucky. The luck of the Irish, they say, but what they really mean is the luck of the feelish. What? The I've got to, I gotta go. It was me all along. <laughs> Bye now. I do want to be or sit down with Leprechaun again at some point. We'll see. Uh please, and also let it be known. You're of Irish descent, not Scott. Or you... I, I am Scots Irish and English. Yeah, not problematic that you're doing that accent. That's right. Let it be known. <laughs> if anything, not problematic. I'm taking it back. <laughs> the the leprechaun accent. Yes, yeah. is Warwick Davis That's from right. Ireland? No, I think he's English. You think there was some judgment in his, here, here in his come, portrayal yeah. of the leprechaun? Here come the royalists into the Ireland again. Oh my God! Will our episode on leprechaun be the, our most political yet? Oh, if I have anything to do with it, well, we'll sit down. We'll have a long look. I come from a long line of Scots Irish uh, plantation 
Ulster plantation, like the the Scots Irish that were sent by the English to colonize. Oh, the bad ones. I'm saying. Oh, and the Protestants. Uh, yes, and I'm on the side of the Catholics. I, I don't like that we did that. So, if you want to get political, <laughs> well, hey, I hear you. They, they got their own set of things too. So, right, I'm just saying, but get, you know, give Ireland back to the Irish. You know, <laughs> from your lips to Paul McCartney's ears, and then from his lips to God's ears. That's right. Because I think he's one of the only three people who has a direct uh, channel to God. It's right. It's Paul McCartney. But- it's uh, yeah. Who else is on that? The other two people. Uh, music, music is covered. Let's say. Uh huh. Um, for that century, some people might think Stephen Sondheim got it, but no, Paul McCartney was the person. I agree. So who covers literature? What are we even talking about? Uh, I think it's, I think it's, um, Tom Clancy. I mean, how else does he get all those books made into video games? <laughs> <laughs> no, because you're not even thinking about it. Like, he so saw ahead of the curve, uh-huh. he made his books into video games. He's, he made, he Rainbow saw the Six. Atari 2600 and went, I'm going to write a bunch of books. And just like Lucas, when the technology catches up, I'll be able to tell my story properly. So as um, uh, um, Belloc said, mm-hmm. a direct uh, channel to God. What does yeah, he what say? Does he a say? direct channel to God. Yeah, uh, something to talking to. Uh, Fo- not a phone. Yeah, what does oh, he what's say? that old kooky Belloc say? Um, a direct okay. line to but, God? Yeah. Uh, it, it, whatever. If we're saying okay. that each person had it. It's Paul McCartney, McCartney had it. Tom, Tom Clancy had it. Yeah. And then what's the next? Are we saying it's just the arts, right? The, only the arts yeah, really have this. Absolutely. So music, literature, um, art, art, painting. Yeah. Okay. Thomas Kincaid. There you go. He's the painter of light. I mean, no other painter can have literal light coming out of their paintings. Mm-hmm. Has to be him. Um, Where's all denim? Uh, if you want to right now, you can pull the earlier audio of me saying not problematic and drop off the non to like quasi problematic for that, uh, you know, three white men were chosen as a, Oh, we didn't. Oh, I'm sorry. That was your opinion. Yeah. No, we didn't choose these. I agree with you just like I do with the Irish thing. Yeah. It's wrong. Yep. And this is what it is. Hey, who's the, uh, and I say this truly, I'm not even being snotty here. Who's the biggest patriarch of them all? God. Who's the whitest, straightest, oldest man in America? God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've got art, and we'll get back to these movies. Just relax. Okay? Just relax. Jesus Christ. We just started the season and you're breathing down our necks. No, that is not the case. No. I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. I think uh, we got art. We're we having got a good music. time here. We got literature. Do we need a filmmaker? Um, Yes, that's great. And it feels like now it has to be a Tom. Oh. Even though Paul's grandfather and the rest have to be Toms. And this, again, we're not making this rule up. Paul McCartney, Tom Clancy, and the third person needs to be a Tom. Thomas Kincaid. 
Oh, filmmaker. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, well, without a doubt, then uh, um, Thomas Jane. <laughs> Even if it's just his uh, acting, I think in a way he's making a film. I'm not laughing because I'm surprised. I'm looking at the same list Paul is. I already knew that was coming. <laughs> right. It's Thomas Jane. Right. Yes. And here he goes choosing, God choosing another straight white man. Okay, so do we do it? I think we got we clicked off all the um um people who get to have a direct path guy. We said there were three, but we did four. <laughs> hey, uh just added Thomas Jane. Yeah. Remind you of the psycho franchise? They never said they were gonna be three and they did four. I don't know. Uh, what what was a movie where they said, Hey, oh, good question. Plenty, good. plenty of examples. I don't even know. No, why. I think they're they're yeah, what's the well, you felt that way with Indiana Jones and then suddenly here come Crystal Skull. Yeah. Whoever like really stuck their chin out and said, this is a trilogy. It's ending as a trilogy. And so in that fourth, because like Lethal Weapon 3 might have had some finality to it. Toy Story. Yeah. Even though I've never seen 3 or 4, I know that. That's a pretty good, yes. Yeah. Yes. It was really presenting, you know, and who then, what, can somebody argue then, no, 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 it's not the extension of a trilogy, it's the beginning of a, right. a new chapter. Not buying it! <laughs> hey, uh, it sounds like the customers in toy stores. Uh, ah! <laughs> uh, my daughter loves Toy Story 4 toys, even though she's not like an avid viewer of Toy Story 4, she likes those movies. But much like in 1984, Christmas 1984, they were trying to get all the excess Return of the Jedi toys oh, off shelves, I and remember. it was to my favor. Like, oh. I then got all these, like, discounted. <laughs> uh, Which ended up being some of the more valuable. Really? Yeah, like oh, cool. uh, Han and Carbonite, and I think Prune Face or Yak Face. The, and I, by the way, that's those are bo- two actual figures. That wasn't you, like, casting yeah. judgment. Or I wasn't trying to find the name of one of them. Those are two. <laughs> um, Luke and Han in Stormtrooper costumes with removable helmets. But yeah, it seems like people aren't buying those uh, Toy Story 4 toys. Mm, there's a lesson there. Go get them. Go get them, Tiger. <laughs> uh, and then... So yeah, Leprechaun. Leprechaun. And then finally, I don't know how you would have guessed this. Well, April Fool's. All I know is this movie involves some kind of braid noose. And I have seen this too. And we have the poster up in our house. It's the only movie poster we have up in our house. Really? Is this the one with the braid noose? It's totally with the braid noose. Sorry, I didn't like acknowledge that when you said it. I got so excited at the idea that... that It does make me think that we could do... Are there more school-related, like Slaughter High, Prom Night, Graduation Day? Yeah, we owe some of the prom... Oh, Prob night, graduation day. Um, There's got to be more. Yeah, slaughter high. Yeah. Uh, so, do you do you and that's like the fifth and final one? Do you like all these movies, or are there some? There oh are, my goodness, I like all of these. Okay, oh, I might have like um, more complaints after having watched, um, but. Uh, New Year's Evil, say it's like a not using the one to thirteen system. We'll save that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. New Year's Evil being like a B, my bloody Valentine being B plus A minus, mm. Leprechaun the 
B B minus April Fool's Day being A. Great. And uh hey, maybe we can dovetail and now talk about Black Christmas. I will. Talk about A movies, grade A movies. Grade A. What a fabulous movie. Okay, let's just tease that because I loved this movie. Knocked me the F out. And you'd seen it, of course. Yeah, I saw it like 10, 12 years ago. I didn't even put together the the wordplay with the title either. Well, I just thought it meant as in like um, uh, grim or something. It does. It's double meaning that, and it's the opposite of white Christmas. Oh, white Christmas, of course. Yes, 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 yes. I never even put that together. Well, and neither did I until you. I, I was sitting there and I was thinking Black Christmas. Oh, that's a cool title because it's just, like I said, I thought it was just like a grim, the grim keeper's word on, yeah. on a, um, but it did get me thinking about the title. It's funny. Uh, I'm sure we'll be doing a lot of comparing to Halloween that came out uh, four years after Black Christmas. But if you think about it, like, it is creepier slash cooler to take a reverent holiday like Christmas and bring in a horror element. Sure, yeah. It is kind of funny four years later to be like, and then <laughs> the next holiday, the spookiest of them all, it's Halloween. Like, Are you going to argue with that? <laughs> it is the scariest. It's like, why didn't they think of doing it at Halloween? Christmas isn't scary. I'm going to win. Yeah. And it, it's a little, uh, what the, what did they say? A hat on a hat? Yes. To kind of be right. like, yeah, Halloween scary. Oh, what if a killer? I mean, obviously that is an ingenious yeah. idea and it probably was the thing that more kicked off these, uh, holiday type slasher yeah. movies, but, yeah. uh, give it up for black Christmas. Okay. Let's do a little bit of business yes, yes, and then yes. we'll get into the Christmas after the business. <laughs> I'm dream nightmaring of a, Black Christmas. Okay. Being, uh, uh, oh no, it's being. Mm. What? Crips be. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Took too long. All right. You can go to patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust and subscribe at one of four levels, getting various treats and goodies along <laughs> the way. But I'll tell you what tricks and treats at various levels you'll get mailbag episodes you'll get feature-length commentaries which we sometimes switch out with special episodes mm -hmm. like we just did a full deep dive on halloween ends which i think was one of my favorite episodes in a yeah. long time that was yeah. a good movie to talk about yeah yeah we got a re-ranking of our overall rankings of the individual films episode coming yeah. out soon yeah and uh, if you subscribe at the xenomorph level the baby xenomorph level you get your name yeah. right on the podcast. Just email us once you subscribe at uh, with Gorley and Rust at gmail.com. Oh, and then the upcoming bonus episode as well, or, or, or has already happened. The uh, re, the re, the re, the one I just talked about. Yeah. Oh my God. Did I? You well, just I said, said it? it's coming up, but you're right to say it's coming. It's came out. Okay. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I got so excited about uh, what you said about the. Favorite episode, uh, Halloween Ends, and it got me thinking about two of my favorite with Gorley and Rust episodes that I like to share after you. we talk about this. Oh, I'm excited. Okay, I'm yeah, excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. But well, yes, let's share the names. First up, we got Jonathan and Kristen Powers. Ooh, hey. Patreon power couple. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you're <We>, so funny. <laughs> oh, here's one from Rock Video Rental Podcast. That's their name. Could Paul read our podcast name with his version of the Southern Lawyer? Thanks. Whoa! Rock video. I know. Rock video rental podcast. Rock video rental. (laughs) I think you take it over. Mine is more like a baby. (laughs) Take it over. Uh, Casey Roonan would like his name read as Ian Fleming. I say, old boy. Is your name Casey Roonan because you carry a little case? And now I've gone and moated, corroded, your booty exploded. Oh, yes. Uh, Jamie Collins. Uh, thank you for subscribing. Yeah. Um, also, Christopher Lee Froler would like his red, his name read as M, which is going to expose that my Ian Fleming and M impressions are exactly the same. <laughs> Christopher Lee F- Christopher Lee Froler, how British am I? Am I so British so as to call out that your name is the same as Christopher Lee, the man who played a lot of horror icons in all the Hammer films? And was he Sauron or Saruman and Count Duoku? Oh, he was all in all the baddies. Yeah. Hey, um, I noticed the difference between Ian and uh, 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 M. I think I just tried to tweak it a little to make that happen. And finally... Uh, baby xenomorph Sherilyn Connolly, as read by H.R. Giger, please. Um, hello, could you say my name? Here it goes. That's me asking me in your voice saying, asking me, could I do your name? Everybody clear? Sherilyn Connolly. Okay. Um, all right. And, and, uh, Sherilyn also says she's staff of a community theater called The Dark Room, which was at 2263 Mission in San Francisco. Mission had been home to many disreputable watering holes in previous decades, and because we had a glass block wall facing Mission, a rumor circulated that the scene in the country bar Torchies in Walter Hill's 48 Hours had been filmed there, but not true. Mm. Maybe it did. Mm. Uh, Okay, that's all our xenomorphs. That's all our business. Yeah, that was good. Okay, now what were you teasing? Oh, when you mentioned the that uh, the Halloween's episode was a, a favorite uh, as well as mine. Uh, I was thinking just a couple of days ago, like, oh, what are oh, because I rewatched. Uh, oh boy, I'm a nut. I rewatched Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, I and saw that. It got me thinking about the um, our episode, and I was like, I think Eyes Wide Shut and Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. Are like our a couple of our deepest dives. Sleepaway Camp's a two parter, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's just under like four hours or something bloggers. Yeah. 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 Three and a half hours. Or yeah. But um uh yeah, uh the just just reflecting. That's all. Yeah, that was what about one. you, Matt? Ooh. Ooh. It doesn't even necessarily have to be the details of the episode, just if you look back fondly on, oh, I enjoyed yeah, you know I, I have a real nostalgia for because it was an isolated time. Are it's not even necessarily the movies, but those that number of weeks we recorded the shark movies outside. Oh yeah, it's like high height of COVID. Yeah, it was summer. I do remember that. Yeah, but then, I when I drive by a playground uh, on my way from here, I always think, oh, that's where we talked about AVP two. 
was it the the like community center one? Oh yeah. no, the the one up the playground up on Colorado where all the noise was when yeah, we yeah, sat yeah, on yeah. a blanket together. Yeah, to <laughs> yeah. re-record our conversation about <gasps> That's right. Alien versus Predator to Requiem. We had to do that twice. Wow. Uh, but what were you? Um, the, uh, uh, yeah, any other? Well, you know, those you can't also beat those early episodes because we were just finding our love. <laughs> well, it's funny when you were going to say, you know, when I uh, think about it, it was just an isolated time. It was when we went to the Poconos. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. On our, our second honeymoon. <laughs> Where is the Poconos? I just, uh, you know, it's a funny word. Isn't it in upstate New York? Um, host with the most in the Poconos? Uh oh, is it okay? I don't know. Is it? You're the East Coast guy. Wait, why is the Poconos like a thing where couples go to, or is it like is that like a Niagara Falls? Area? I feel like it's a cabiny area. Am I, I wrong about that? Maybe I'm thinking of the Catskills. Okay, so but maybe it's all the same terrain as like the Dirty Dancing universe. But then what's Poughkeepsie? <laughs> And these are rhetorical Puck questions. Tony Phil. Yeah, and what's he want? Don't answer these questions. Hey, can you us. do a, a funny little portmanteau that I just came up with? I don't even know if you can do this in pre- this person's voice, but could you try Puck Punks Tony Phil up Seymour Hoffman? Oh no! Looks like another couple of weeks of. Went to, uh, <laughs> Thank you, Matt. I don't know about that. <laughs> that was good. I don't know. People are now going to start sending you punks of Tony Phil's suit, <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman's suits. They want you to wear them, They'd take better. pictures in them. They better. Uh, um, yeah, wait. So, um, business done. You're hearing this on the 23rd. It is the 1st of December when we record this because we're getting ahead a little so we can take mm-hmm. some breaks off. Mm-hmm. But the Christmas season has officially in full effect. Good this atmosphere movie. setter here, dude. Yeah. The movie. Let's talk about how we sat down to watch this movie. I sat down with Amanda. I've had three nights of putting Glenn to bed by myself for the first time in our storied history because she's very mm-hmm. clingy to Amanda. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm mm-hmm. just on cloud nine. So I put Glenn down, come out. We poured a glass of port wine, put on Black Christmas. Oh, beautiful. Neither of us had seen it before. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you figured out how much we both loved. You've already seen it. You love this movie. I loved it. Truly scary. Yes. Maybe the scariest movie I've seen, horror movie I've seen in a long time. Right on. And uh, in terms of our podcast, scariest movie you've seen in a while or in life? I'm wondering if this, that's something we should do. Ooh, just pure Ranking, chills for like chills. actual scariest. I guarantee four-fifths of those will be not scary in the least. Of yours? I mean, of all the movies we watched, think about it. Like, oh, we don't there's, there's a very rare that actually are scary. <laughs> Most true. of the ones are just like Halloween five. I know. I'm actually trying to think of, I can only really think of two. 
But I, I'm sure if I looked back, I would see more. I, I would too, but uh, yeah. the, the, it's a good point that, yes, it is genuinely scary and, and creepy. saying something, because I'm still very scared by Halloween, but a lot of that is the the residual fear I had mm -hmm. as a child. That's still in me. I've mm -hmm. never seen this movie, so there was a danger of this just being dated and me going, oh, I appreciate it, but come on. No, mm -hmm. this movie's... How many years old? It's uh, 50. 74, so it's almost it's 50 49, years old. 48, 49 years old. Mm -hmm. Oh, is this scary? Uh, yeah, the timeless quality to it and that it still holds up as a scary movie. Uh, I was reflecting when I was looking at the styles and, uh, and like the aesthetic of just, I mean, talk oh, about cozy. Oh, God. So much wood and oh. reds and oranges and carpets oh. and Christmas. The lights are so there's there's a halo around every Christmas light. It's fucking ten it, times the diameter of the light. It's eyes wide shut. <laughs> it is it's eyes wide shut. Where grain. it's like something with celluloid, yeah, capturing Christmas lights and grainy. Is, this is probably. Is this even 35 millimeter? Uh, I bet it may probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But it's just uh, something happens. It just looks so beautiful oh. um, and uh, very cozy. <laughs> Super cozy. Um, and uh, uh, oh, but with all of that sort of like 70s style and the fact that this movie is... You know, it's like a little over an hour and a half. But if you cut down just the shots of like beautifully photographed, attractive 70s women, women of all time, but just from and, that era, I'm saying. And even met the two like, oh, yeah, the men are dudes. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, um, uh, uh, I don't know. It's like a, um, what am I trying to say? Uh, it's so beautiful to look at. Uh, it, it, it is like, um, it made me wonder if like 1970s, if we're far enough out from it, that it can now reach the point we're far away enough from the like cycles of going through it. Mm-hmm. You know how like pre-1965 style is just sort of like anything before that is kind of like, it has a timeless beauty to yes, it. Yes, I think you're is right. Is it creeping up now? Because I was just like watching Black Christmas. I'm like, oh, some of the collars are funny and some of the prints on the ties are a little too loud. But I think this era is now like in timeless territory. I agree. Territory. I, I agree. Because it's, it's also... It's early enough 70s. It's Canadian 70s. Mm -hmm. It's not crazy disco 70s. It's there's still like a vestige of the 60s, Late especially 60s. in the older people in this movie, mm -hmm. like the father. Mm -hmm. So you're right. It's just got that almost amorphous, am am amorphous pre our lives time, even though I was one year old when this came out. Oh, I was uh, thinking about it. Um, I was thinking about you when I watched it. No, I was thinking about like, I was like, oh, this is interesting. It's a year after you were born. 
Um, and just also with the um, uh, freedom of choice uh, conversation. Right. That was like, I was like, oh, this was now and decided then. the year before. Yeah. It was maybe being filmed the year, I don't know, in uh, Canada. But they don't necessarily call this movie Canada either. It doesn't feel like this is meant to be Canada. Right. Especially when you put Olivia Hussey's accent in the mix. We don't know where we are. (laughs) Shakespearean types. I I can't even quite place. I know she's English, but isn't she? No, she. I mean, no. I mean, no, as in like, uh, no. What is that accent? But I don't know. I. She so seems like she's from Planet Olivia. Hussey. I know, <laughs> like and like accent. she's just playing Juliet. Yeah, she's so regal in a house full of Margot Kidders and Andrea Martins that you know it. Yeah. I, it somehow adds to the movie, and it doesn't like put her in a higher status, but it does immediately isolate her as the final girl before the concept even really yeah was in our blood and bones you know yes and then that that claire is the first person who gets killed and she seems the most virginal yeah that's right they even say that she's a professional virgin yeah no, so does the she fact say that, that about yeah she's margot kidder says that about her right yeah, yeah about claire so part of the fun i'm sure of all we talk about is like oh um but pre-formula, when a genre is still a subgenre, yeah. like a slasher is still finding, because you know if the if the code is the most vir- virginy virgin wins, uh, Claire, she's yeah first one out, first one out, yeah. and then uh, Hussy ends up uh, winning. Uh, I know, <laughs> ends and up being the final girl. No. Barb lives long, pretty long too, in the scheme of things. But yeah, and I love that it's like most horror movies. It's like three, bl- two to three blondes, and maybe a brunette or two or something. Yeah, <laughs> it was more of like let's get into the varieties of brunettes. I know. <laughs> There was one blonde and they sent her away early on. So much so I couldn't get a good look at her. I thought, is that a young Jennifer Coolidge? It's yeah. Not, but no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, the uh, Olivia Hussey. Well, well, we could get to the uh, her, by the way, with um, the other behind the scenes people working. Uh, maybe the biggest thing uh, this episode is just uh, singing to the rafters. Uh, Bob Clark's name Fucking here. Crazy, the director of A Christmas Story, and yet you can see the connection between yeah. these two movies so clearly. And, uh, um, uh, Porky's. Yeah, that guy can photograph a house. Yes, he can. My God, what is that? Just a uh, um. I know it's the architect's growing up gaze. in a in a part of the country where half of the year it's pretty cold. Yeah. You do have an appreciation for like, I mean, everybody likes architecture and shit, but it's just like the idea of how people live within a confined space. I mean, the the crazy thing that it was chosen as a sorority house, and this is the big thing we can talk about, but the that the phone call is coming from inside the house thing is yeah. from a story when it's an urban legend before this movie, it's a babysitter. 
Yes. So it's just interesting that they were like, eh, let's do a sorority house. We'll put the urban legend in a sorority house. And then it took four years for Halloween to course correct to be like, well, whatever that was, yeah. they took the calls coming from inside the house, but the babysitter watching the kids aspect is pretty creepy. Yeah. And then there's when a stranger calls. So right. when a man and I were watching this, she goes, oh, is this the one with the guys calling from inside the house? Having not seen it, I said, no, that's when a stranger calls. That's not this movie. And then it's like leading up to it. And I'm like, well, maybe it is this movie. I have it wrong. But it turns out it's both movies and many more. Yeah. I looked on IMDb trivia and there were like six movies based on that urban legend, which I think is even before know, Black Christmas. Yeah. Oh, wow. So the urban legend, I believe, is dubbed The Babysitter and the Man Upstairs, is the name of the that title. Yeah, I mean, there's a title. Yeah. Well, and the who's the usual man upstairs? Big God. <laughs> I remember this urban legend as a kid. Yeah. Like it going around and hearing that twist and just going, oh. And yeah. back then there was no, there was no awareness of the term urban legend. So that was truth. Like you heard it. It truly was a thing of like, this happened. Yes. And yeah, there was yeah, no yeah. reason to doubt it. Right. Right. You know? And oh. Um, I think, you know, I didn't hear them as this happened. I heard them as somebody being like, this is a, folklore oh. this didn't like the that and the hook on the yeah. car door handle both of those were presented as like spooky stories i could tell you on this car trip right now see this is a problem with living next door to jeff carson he delivers everything <laughs> including arms growing back well his, his brother johnny carson is talking to all kinds of people every night i'm a guy points of view <laughs> then bringing him back home uh uh but um that's interesting though to know that the like Okay, other movies were taking it and uh, yeah. Um, but the, the, the back to the Bob Clark things, uh, yeah, that he did Black Christmas, which I know like Psycho Peeping Tom, you can make arguments, but mm-hmm. like this is the closest to a slasher before Halloween that I've seen. It, I would say this is the first slasher. I know people go back and forth with that. I've never seen Peeping Tom. Yeah, and it, uh, I've seen Pee Pee Tom, and it does have those like killer approaching through a point of view. This is also the same year as Texas Chainsaw right. Massacre, but so it, maybe. But it's first, right? Yes. Is it? Well, I don't know which one was filmed and released. Oh. Like I, and maybe it was a full year earlier, or later. But just I guess both of those being eventually slashers kind of fused all of that mm-hmm. together. But like a. Yeah, uh, and I'll, when I'm watching this, I'll see like, uh, you know, some of the Italian giallo mm-hmm. horror movies where you don't see the killer. It's a whodunit where it's their point of view moving around and you see hands and the murders are just weapons, hands and weapons and the yeah. weapons are gleaming and <laughs> stuff like that. Like, so it, it seems like it's also... Giallo, mm-hmm. Giallo, but uh, yeah, as far as like North American slasher, it seems to be yeah. the first of its kind, which is, um, so the fact that Bob Clark arguably kind of created the modern slasher, then, uh, this point was made, um, by, uh, 
Eli Roth on the Video Archives podcast. He was like, Bob Clark's amazing. He did created that genre. Porky's, you know, Animal House was its own thing, mm-hmm. and maybe Porky's existed because of Animal But Porky's like laid down the blueprint for like yeah. the teen sex movie, mm-hmm. high school sex romp movies that became its huge own industry. Um, and then he didn't uh, mention this, but then like, uh, mentioned that a Christmas uh, story is a classic. But if you think about it, like, I don't know a genre before that, that was sort of the like fun, irreverent family holiday movie. Like mm-hmm. I could argue it created that genre yeah, the contemporary like movies that people love, you know, Christmas Vacation or something like just like that has a bit of reverence, modern comics. Yeah, shows like the foibles of the holiday yes. and how people can't live up to the dream because yeah. everything else is idealized prior to that. I think to like the perfect vision of Christmas. Yeah, if you use like White Christmas as an example, it's sort of like the foibles come out of the fact that. Uh, you know, they're in heaven. They're yeah. just like, love Christmas time. It's that the foibles are like, I love this girl and how can I sing to get her back? Yeah. You know, it's not like this tree is shit. Yeah. We bought this lamp that sucked, that dad likes and it sucks. So, um, but uh, Eli did point out that like, um, if Black Christmas came from European Jalo movies, Porky's came from these uh, movies called uh, Lemon Popsicle, that movies that were made that were like the horny teen movies um, of their time. That were they Italy Italian movies like the Giallo movies? Um, they are um, uh, Hebrew. Oh, um, and uh, it takes place uh, a group of three teenage boys in late nineteen fifties Tel Aviv. Mm. And uh, I don't don't think it's far afield to say Porky's was, that was, they looked at those sets of movies and were like, hey, let's adapt those for America. Yeah. Um, But uh, uh, Eli um, once showed me a Lemon Popsicle movie. uh, Because we were once talking, I was telling him how I like teen sex comedies, how they're so funny. And he was like, have you ever noticed... There's a trio, cool guy, fat guy, nerd. (laughs) He's like, all those movies have cool guy, fat guy, nerd. I'm like, oh, you're right. That's so funny. (laughs) And he was like, you know, the Lemon Popsicle movies are really what set up the cool guy, fat guy, nerd trio. And so uh, he had one and he uh, showed me it. We had a real fun time watching it. Oh, that sounds great. Uh, So anyway, long way of saying, uh, Bob Clark, just like what a cool dude creating like three movies that uh, are genres that like people love and like it's not just creative genres it's like movies that just like have such devoted fan bases that's really cool i know who's crossed genres that much before Ooh, great so question. successfully spielberg and bob yeah. clark gone before his time too died in a car accident with his son yeah sad. so sad yeah um yeah, because um, he did other movies like uh, Rhinestone and uh, From the Hip and the Baby Geniuses movies. Mm. Um, I mean, I like, yeah, respect his work where it seems like he was a person who was making 
movies he wanted to and with their own style like yeah yeah, you could there were scenes that looked like they were from uh, a Christmas story and from Porky's Porky's yeah that whole part about the um, you start hearing the cop laugh and you don't know why he's laughing and then you find out he's crack it up over a dirty joke. Yeah. That's like a scene from Porky's. I it's know. like they make a reference to how somebody, the sex sound they make and guys are cracking up. Cor- uh, Porky's doesn't take place at Christmas, does it? No. Uh, I think it takes place at Horny O'Clock. Okay. <laughs> Whatever viewed. At the Horny Solstice. Uh, <laughs> someone should... The cut- venal equinox. <laughs> <laughs> someone should cut together... Christmas story and um, Black Christmas, like it's happening in the same Christmas. Yes. And it's one movie that it just kind of like, like um, an Altman thing where it just goes back and forth between different stories. Well, the universe I was building in my mind was, is this connected to Porky's and the obscene caller is oh. one of the horny guys from late fifties Porky's high school grown up. And now he's just calling like sorority girls oh being like, God. I want to look at you through a hole in the shower. Oh like the God. poster in Porky's. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, but yeah, well, should we... Um, Speaking of midnight, I mean, should we say that it's December 24th, 1159, um, and and so many seconds until midnight when it becomes Christmas morning, and then that's when we dive in and really just start going through talking about Black Christmas? Does that feel like the most apt metaphor? I think so. Should we take a pee break? Yes. Okay. (laughs) We'll be right back. With Hey, hey, it's Kip Bodner, CMO of HubSpot. Join me and my co-host, Kieran Flanagan, CMO over at Zapier, on Marketing Against a Grain. We're not the typical regurgitated Twitter threads. These are takes from us, marketing leaders about what we're doing and what we're learning from our peers and what's working in the market and how you can apply them to your business. Everything you need to grow a modern business and have a strategy that is fit for growth in today's changing economy. Listen to our podcast, Marketing Against the Grain, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. With Corley and Rust. So no Logo Loco. I know, just this... That was awesome. So no logo, Luca. I know. So stark. Just opens with the shot of the house and then the wonderful, like, calligraphic writing of Black Christmas. So elegant. I mean, you could be watching a Christmas tale, for all you know, or yeah. Christmas story. Or, I know. That yeah. logo, uh, the logo of the title, I guess, is uh, beautiful. I love it. And then overlaid laid over the um shot of the sorority house all lit up yeah. on uh, during christmas week yeah uh beautiful yeah uh, uh as a comparison do you remember the title for silent night deadly night was like super cheesy 
Yes. It was like silent night. And then it was like, <laughs> bloody night, yeah. and then yeah. it was like blood drained out. It's like, guys, we all know we're here for a horror movie. Yeah. Hat on a hat again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause also not when you get this elegant title, nothing's gone wrong yet. It's just Christmas. Yeah, why it's tip your hand? Breaking for the holidays on college campus? What's yeah. There's no problem. Hey, I'm not even going to look at the words to see if they might be scary. Yeah. I just want to take in this atmosphere. Right. Um, it's funny that I would compare those two, and that was Silent Night, Deadly Night was the first Christmas movie we watched a year ago. Yeah. Um, that we did not quite love. I, I like all the toys in the background and then in the halfway point when it kind of becomes a slasher. Yeah. But, um, I first, uh, saw black Christmas and the only time I saw black Christmas was like 10, 12 years ago. Uh, I went to, a uh, a double feature. <gasps> you saw of, it on the screen. Yeah. Oh. A black Christmas and silent night, deadly night. Wow. Um, and, uh, yeah, to see, that last 25 minutes, 20 minutes in a a theater, a movie theater, uh, it was in New Beverly. It was like really so fun. Like where you could tell, I, you know, I was like on the journey of like, first of all, it's so cool seeing a guy walk around in a room full of phone wires. But <laughs> Oh, I have, I got, uh, oh, I know, I know. Well, uh, I'm jumping too, oh, too oh, quick. You're, oh, we're talking oh, oh, title fonts and I'm jumping into that. Um, yeah. So then what's, uh, um, what is after that then? Well, uh, is, is bl- the opening of blowout a direct lift of this? Right. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Well, I was thinking like, I know that there must be killer cam point of view shots before this, but the specific thing of like, I was like, Black Christmas really nailed down the heavy breathing, looking through windows at pretty girls yeah. aspect of the point college of coeds. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, De Palma, yeah, skeezed it up, but yeah. <laughs> if not dumping on, not you weren't even saying dumping on. If not referencing that, referencing its Im- many imitators or something. This kind of yeah. like whatever that. And I love Blowout, don't get me wrong. Oh, really? Sure. Yeah, that's one of my favorite De Palma movies. Yeah, uh, just under Raising Cain. <laughs> Everything's under Raising Cain, my friend. The scariest movie I've seen in this podcast. Uh, I will say, like, in contrast to to Brian Dickery, De Palma. Dickery, Doc. <laughs> Gorley doesn't like my clock. <laughs> um, Bob Clark, I think, was on the record saying he didn't want to... Um, exploit the women in this so there's there's no nudity no sex there's a, a strong case to be made for a real feminist quality of this movie too about olivia hussey's character saying oh, no i'm sure. having my baby you don't get a say in that i want to go to college i want to i don't want to just get married seems really ahead of its time for 74 even though i know that was a quite a wave of feminism but you don't find it in your slasher movies or your, you know, I hesitate to call this a B movie, but genre movies at the time very much. Yeah. No, the, the amount of um, depth and like nuances that all those characters get is pretty stunning. Yeah. I mean, for sure with uh, Jess's, Olivia Hussey's, Jess's uh, 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 character story, but I was thinking like, uh, and I was thinking like, 
um, Andrea Martin's character. Yeah. There's a point near the end of the movie where she's crying about Claire uh-huh. and she goes like, I just have a feeling she's gone. And then talk about, you know, you don't usually see a scene like this in a slasher movie or horror movie. She's like, um, I feel so sorry for her dad. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I know who this uh-huh. character is. And she just became so much more dimensional. The fact that she's like crying and, and so talking. empathetic. Yeah. Yeah. And then similarly, when I saw the Margot loved Margot Kidder's character, and then at near the end, when she starts talking about the animal that has sex for three days, can have sex for three yeah. days. I was kind of like, okay, I've seen this now for a couple of scenes. Her characters be her, her be the provocative, sexualized provocateur. I was like, oh, why are they doing this again? And then it became, she got like a little too drunk and started projecting how she's feeling onto others. She's like, you guys are all looking at me like I'm responsible for this. And I was like, God damn, that is not a dimension or a nuance that a character gets afforded. Like, and the fact that this movie is like filled with stars. Like I know they were stars before this movie too. You know, a lot of not Andrea Martin, uh, uh, and, uh, but like Olivia Hussey and, and, um, uh, yeah, Margot Kidder was just Sisters was a year previously. And Kier... Kier Dulea. Yeah. Um, was I, I spent the whole movie going, where do I know that guy? Where do I know that well, guy? Well, the haircut is so different. Yes. I could see it being like a true disguise. That yeah. Like, and the guy from The Brood, Art... Uh, Art Hindle. Yeah. Yeah. Who's uh, alive in this movie in a way he was not in The Brood. Yeah, give it up to Bob Clark being like, let's give every character some sort of like energy he or something. was like, this guy's not doing it for me. I better put him in a fur coat, <laughs> which apparently was his own fur coat. Cause a lot of the actors had to bring their own costumes. So wait, art, that was art Hindle's own. According to IMDB. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, I feel I wasn't in contact with Brantley to get notes for this. So I apologize, Brantley. We didn't mean to record without you. It's just been a hectic. Oh time. So yeah. 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 No. I, I relied on IMDB for some. Oh trivia. sure. No, of course. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Hey, uh, season's greetings, happy holidays to Brantley Palmer. That's too. right, as always. Uh, uh, the um, uh, who was the other actor? Oh, John Saxon's in it. Yeah, right. Um, who? Um, which it's so funny that you know John Saxon. We saw in Nightmare on Elm Street mm-hmm. as the dad who's a comp. But if you think about it, it's like if John Carpenter and Deborah Hill watched Black Christmas before they wrote Halloween. You could argue Loomis is kind of the John Saxon Certainly. cop character. Um, it's, so it's a little funny that it's like a game of telephone a bit of like John yeah. Saxon plays cop. Halloween does cop character. Nightmare on Elm Street really wouldn't exist without Halloween. But now John Saxon's back to playing a cop. Yeah, and Loomis isn't even a cop, even though you walk away from that movie going, of course he's a cop. No, he's a goddamn doctor with a gun. Yeah, whatever his cop authority is, which is he has a gun and can protect people. And dresses like a detective. A detective, dressed like Columbo. Yes. So you have John Saxon is a dad who's a cop in 
Nightmare on Elm Street. In this movie, he's a cop who's a daddy. He looks good. In this, movie. this is yeah. <laughs> he's just that. Like when he's older, you know, he still looks good, but there's something about that the dark features and that just. Oh, you saying dark features? He is the definition of like tall, dark, and handsome. Yeah, like ooh, a tall, dark, and handsome man walks in. Uh, maybe he's not tall, tall, tall. No, but he's dark and handsome. Um, and average, yeah. dark and handsome. Uh, he is like if I was, if I was him, and I wasn't an actor at that age, and I looked in a mirror and be like, what the fuck am I doing not being in movies? That's this probably like- what he did. He was probably just some welder that went, I better get on screen and quick. Somebody saw him and was like, do you want to play a cop in movies? Yeah. It's like, yes. Do you want to sometimes play a creep? I'll do that too. <laughs> yes. I do it all. Uh, <laughs> um, and then uh, just running through the Rolodex of actors, um, Oh, with Olivia Hussey yeah. being from Juliet, from the oh Zeffirelli, Romeo oh, and Juliet. So beautiful. When did you first see, have you seen the Zeffirelli's? Yeah, uh, in high school. Yeah, I saw yeah. it in high school as well. Did they show the boob scene in, to you guys? What do you, who do you mean like they? Did the, they show the you? school. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was shown it in high school. Yeah, I was too. Yeah. What do you mean? Do you mean like the teacher? Yeah. Do you mean like my own mother? <gasps> oh, that's right. And did she? <laughs> she did not. So she yeah, we watched Romeo remember. and Juliet in class after we read it. And, you know, it was a treat. And also, yeah, it's an argument. Yeah. yeah. But got to hear those words said aloud. And yeah. by It's actress. meant to be seen, not totally. Right. It's, as nice as it is, is to read, it's meant to be seen. And it's a beautiful movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, 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 so... My mom had previously, I'd heard from other classrooms previous years, when the scene was about to come up, she would go up and just spin the TV around on those like wheeled carts. Casters, yeah. (laughs) Wait for the moment to pass and then uh, uh, in reverse peep show style. Bring it back to them. By the time I got there, she had, I think, started using the VCR to VCR dub. Oh, so she made a made a self edit. I thought you were gonna say she came in front of the TV and had like a flasher's raincoat on, and then opened her thing, and it just had like full clothing that said "Made you look." Um, no, she didn't do that. So, so uh, yeah, so the, the, I did not see the nudity, and yeah, my uh, yeah, uh, um, uh, my mom was my teacher for that. But um, oh, to add another just weird, you know, uh, wrinkle um, to this, um, the lore <laughs> from my mom's brothers and sisters and her high school friends always was. That my mom in high school, people were always like, you look like Olivia Hussey. <gasps> wow, really? Yes. But to be clear, my mom isn't Olivia Hussey. I, oh, okay. Now I understand. Yeah, there's a, yeah. But my mom is. Um, who would you say, also, I don't want that to be like a weird brag, a backdoor brag that I'm like, 
people thought my mom was cute. No, uh, that's, I think uh, you're allowed to brag about your mom. <laughs> uh, do you remember any when you were growing up, people being like, you know that Miss Gorley who lives down the street? She sure looks like a uh, Jane Fonda. Oh, you know she's my mom was very cute. And she, he, have you ever seen the party with Peter Sellers, mm-hmm. Claudine Auger? Mm-hmm. She reminds me of her, like brown eyes, dark hair, but kind of very cute, innocent face. Yeah. So yeah, she. I think she was very. Pretty. I think this is all warranted because most of these slashers are Oedipal in some way. So the fact Absolutely. that we're talking about <laughs> how much we're, we're yeah, but physically I'm attracted you, to our mothers. Which one do you think looks like your mommy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Billy here. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Let's Billy. Let's talk about Billy. I didn't even know before watching this movie that Billy was a thing. I didn't know there was a name. I didn't know there was a killer. The whole time I'm expecting, as I think intended, that it's Peter, and then I'm going to know, is it not? Then for a while, I thought it was the guy dressed up as Santa, the Gene Shalit of this movie, which is really a thing <laughs> in 70s Canadian horror movies or 70s, early 80s. Well, to get a tax rebate, you must have a shallot. No kidding. Yeah. Do you think Terra Train was like, that guy, they missed the boat on him being Billy, so I'm going to take a mask of that guy. People will think it's Gene Shalit and look, put it on a train and we're set. Oh my God, those shallot look like their dance cards were so full during that era. Yeah. Their wow. phone was ringing off the hook all the time. But there Get was a here. point where I thought maybe Billy was that guy because he was bitter that people took away his fun for Christmas. But yeah, what a badass uh, whodunit that it is wow. like, um, you know, spoilers. If, if I'm sure people yeah. watch this, but they're listening. But like uh, the fact that you don't fully know who it is and get the story is like a real double down on the like we're not going to explain who a killer is and what their motives are i mean it's even going like further than anything could it It didn't even hit me at first because i was still kind of like amanda's like the phone's ringing at the end and i didn't hear the phone so i was still processing everything Mm -hmm. still kind of thinking is there more coming in this movie well i get mirrors mixed up i probably saw this in like 2006 2007 so it had been a full 15 decade and a half since I saw it. I'd forgotten this ending. Really? So it was working on me that like exquisite like execution when everybody around her bed at the end and they're all the red herrings we've seen. Like mm. we're like, "Oh, okay, Art Hindle, uh, yeah. uh the dad, yeah. the con- like they all get up and leave." and walk out and the lights turned off and everybody leaves the house and it goes back to like, uh, being quiet. Um, uh, 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 and then her, uh, 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 thinking me thinking, Oh, it should end. But remember we talked before what a horror movie is like, there's a reason it's not ending. Yeah. Yeah. That's like what I, I, when they left the room and it kept going, it gave me, that the biggest charge of that feeling where I was like, what the fuck? And then I started going, well, we didn't really see Keir Delea ever fully un- say, I did it all, baby, to her. Well, he didn't, right? No, no, no. not at all. Yeah, That's what saying, I'm saying. Yeah. Like, your brain starts going like, well, I, actually, I didn't ever, s- when she killed him, I know that she called him, but we never really got... 
So wait, that could mean somebody's still floating out there. And then the movie like keeps going and reveals like but listen, Billy is just a thing. Yeah. I just imagine playing this out. So yeah. she's going to wake up, find out she's killed Peter, innocent Peter, bit of a douchebag, but yeah, not, had it coming. Didn't didn't deserve to die, I don't think, especially at the hands of her. Now she has to carry that guilt. Not she deserving, but compared to like non-assholes, you yeah. could understand how he got into himself sure. into a situation where he was killed. Yeah. The cops are coming back to thoroughly search the house, they say. So presumably they're going to go up in the attic and find, if not just the bodies, also Billy. Or do you think Billy will escape prior to that? Oh, yeah. Like snuck into another crawl space or new, like a little hiding spot to get away from the cops. Well, because he can come in through the attic hatch interior mm-hmm. or he can go into that window the way he got in in the first place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you really could. Of all these horror movies, the easiest sequel options are there, which they've done remakes and things like that. But I mean, he, Olivia Hussey's still alive. No, I <laughs> yeah. don't. I don't want any more of these Do people the in their sixties. <laughs> um, but then you realize, yeah, that he killed the little girl in the park, most likely. Yes, um, and that. Uh, uh, this isn't under the category of most likely. But after I watched it, I just was like, quickly wanted to see like, oh, what hunches people have. Mm -hmm. And uh, it it was just like, there's no motive given. That's what's cool about the movie. Uh, But it was like, um, you could maybe, some people think that Billy previously lived in the house Mm. that then became the sorority house. And maybe these reboots, remakes, yeah, explore explain that but like so that's why he maybe knows the layout of the house in a way and can move around without being detective and that would also mean like why psychically he goes into a room and kind of like is recreating what maybe happened up in the I can only understand every third word he's saying in his like phone calls and that these different voices he's doing. And obviously these are different actors doing the different voices that are supposed to be coming from one man, but they're literally overlapping at moments where you're going like, how can one man do this? But it doesn't matter because they are so frightening. Yes. The the performance on that stuff's incredible. And then yeah. just the beginning, the first call where they're using the C word and things like that, mm-hmm. which apparently was not used on set. They were milder because the director just wanted kind of like, measured reactions uh-huh. from the girls and then in post-production obviously they they made it they juiced it up but that's what i knew i was in a, the hands of a different type of filmmaker a more sensitive person when that obscene phone call and it was just playing out like panning over each face kind of yeah. like registering like uh that voice and those words because they have that fer- perfect mix on their face of like this is funny, but scary, you know, yeah. cause there's no immediate threat yet. So yeah. they're kind of like, Oh, we're all safe together as a group of girls. This is horrible and scary, but yeah. I mean, when we mentioned it, when we were uh, heading to the bathroom, I was just like the way those uh, phone calls were able to like escalate mm-hmm. that they kept getting, uh, it started from a pretty freaky place, but by the end, yeah, man, it's like the alternate, the voices arguing with each other, which like seemed like, psycho uh, like mother and son having like fights and stuff yeah. and then uh, uh um for sure 
all uh, those tricks you used to be able to do with your phone. Cause I used to call my own home from my house too. There was like a, I guess you could dial your own number, but I think there was also a shortcut version. Cause, and then I think I might've told this before that trick I used to do when I was out late where I would call my mom, mm-hmm. she would pick it up from bed and I would go, okay, it's okay, mom. I got it. Like I'm in my room and someone else had called. You did not tell me this. That <laughs> no. is ingenious, Mr. Ferris Bueller <laughs> of his time. So there was just all those things that don't happen with phones Wait, anymore. Wait, so you call the house. I'm somewhere else. I'm at a friend's house. Uh-huh. And I was not abusing this because I was not like I was out no, partying. No, no. Yeah. But I just it's funny wasn't going to come home it, yeah. at my curfew yeah. or whatever. So my mom would hear the phone ring. She'd be asleep, pick up the phone. Hello. And I go, oh, don't worry, mom. I got it. Like I'm in my room having picked up the phone and it's just a friend of mine calling. I want a movie version of like Gaslight. That's like a a kid. Because I did stuff like too, a couple, you know, when I want to like sneak out of the house and you kind of do little fun trickeries. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That is all. Yeah. the, The phone line thing is like, I was thinking it's like, it kind of is like a weirdly invasive thing that we don't have really anymore. That like kind of danger of like, I'm safe in my house, but there's a, not an antenna to God, but a, an antenna to like evil. Uh Like you could pick up your phone and you don't know who's on the other end and it could be, Something really scary. That's like... And you were way more obliged to pick up the phone because it was the only channel someone could mm-hmm. communicate with you. There was no text, obviously. Yeah. Anything else. So, And it's you, unknown. Yeah. And you, you, all, you never just, knew. Like, yeah. And this was ID, before ID, yeah. answering machines too. Mm-hmm. Houses just didn't... They existed, but no one had them in the early 70s. Not in like the middle class world that I grew up in. So mm-hmm. every phone ring you picked up, not even because you were like... It could be something important or dire or dangerous. You're just like news from the world. Yes. It's that or the TV. That was it. Yeah. And it might be somebody calling to be like, turn on the TV. Yeah. Something's ha- Oh, okay. And as a kid, especially, you're like, what if it's a buddy with a friend? You know, you just talk to your buddies on the phone. All and night. then don't even get started on the sibling who's also oh, using yeah. the phone and tying up the phone. And most of this is happening in your kitchen. Like you're sitting on a chair in your kitchen on the kitchen phone. Because when you're a kid, uh, you don't really have a phone in your room. Yeah. yeah. And- oh, to be... You know, we did have uh, long cords, but, you know, we had cordless phones too. But, like, the pulling a cord long enough to talk to, like, a crush while my family's eating in the other room. I know. Uh, Yeah, the, like, um, whatever. I Clearly, it's like people communicate differently now. It's just, but it's less um, unknown in some ways. So, I know this is jumping ahead a bit, but I do want to talk about this phone tracing. Yeah, no, let's do it. It has been such a trope for so long in movies of you've got to keep him on the line or we can't (laughs) trace the call. Yeah. I never questioned that. I never for a second went like, why or what are they doing? I just always thought it was a computer that needed time to chase the lines. 
this answered my question. What happens? A man walks through a room looking, <laughs> looking, ran. I don't It It answered my question and, and opened way more questions because now there's just a hall of, of phone connections that move mechanically that he's looking for the movement on is is in my what's going no, on no i that's a good as description as i could ever give I, it i never knew that there was a human element to a man wanting running around the room and that lives could be saved if someone was a better like phone mechanic movement catcher than another man like, no you're right i always imagine it as like a computer or the machine yeah. that that is doing this trickery is going like um, <laughs> inching closer to fully knowing, inching closer yeah, to spidering fully, out, yes. and testing the lines. Yeah, no, it's a guy in a plaid shirt looking down tons of corridors of phone connection things, looking for movement or something. Yeah, it's so funny that I imagine it's like phone calls are coming downstream, and uh, somebody's got a, like a big log coming down, and you got to keep your eyes open for it. What an insane! comparison no but that's what we're looking at and that somehow he finds it and can just look at it and then say here's the address of where it is so it did answer that like and it seems to be maybe because of its time period be a little more patient about the explanation in a way that i appreciate because it wasn't shorthand it was like when the he calls the sorority phone cop also gets the same call. I was like, Oh, okay. No, no, no. And then there's another person of the thing and they're trying to find it. I was like, oh, yeah, thanks for that. Black Christmas. Yeah. And uh, does Billy know they're tracing it? Cause he's in the house and then finally just gets so caught up in it that he lets it go long enough. Yeah. And then there, I guess the element that he also calls after he kills somebody. Right. That's right. So however that also works into him, uh, this is my only, and this could be answered with a, an answer, uh, a, a logistic, you know, somebody just knows what's up. I do have a confusion about how does Billy, how could he reference the wart removal line th- that makes Jess go, oh my God, and makes her think it's Kier Delea? Uh, Was there a Peter? setup to that? Because I didn't hear this. I heard him say the wart remover, Billy say it, but I, I didn't catch it before that. So it's crazy when uh, they're having their argument about the um about the abortion in the piano mhm um, he says you're talking about our child as if it's just a, a like a wart you could get removed and then billy referenced that and that's what when the cop john saxton then goes like i heard you go what to that and she was like oh i just uh it was really getting to me at that moment mm. like she didn't want to share but it's like that's the one thing i'm like I was trying to figure out, like, did Peter repeat? Is he capable of repeating that mm. to somebody? It, it, or was, or, was he following her and listening, or Billy? And yeah, that's that's too bad. I, I do think somebody could have an explanation for why that he could make a reference like that, but because just the fact that it hinged pretty big—that was the clue to like. Let it feels you know like it, it's Peter. It feels like it would have been shot, referred to in the house, and then lost on the editing uh-huh. room floor. To me, that seems like a filmmaking mistake, not a mystery to figure out, or that there's a big theory behind it or anything. Yeah. Unless I'm misremembering and that argument was in the sorority house, and so you could say he was like maybe but inside one of the walls and listening or something. But hmm. yeah. Interesting. Um, 
I mean, unless that's just purely done to make you think it's Peter all along. And, and he's just saying an innocuous, like, and I'm not saying this in a cheeky way. It's just like, oh, he's saying one thing out of a hundred crazy things. And that just happened to like. But it is one of those missteps when in re-examination that makes you go, that should have been tidied up. Partic- yeah, not to be all like particularly good, but it's just like what's awesome about that ending kind of having this like, uh, we're not giving you an explanation. Uh, I, I want that to so work that I could go like, he, and he never even on the phone made any sort of reference. It was their complete paranoia about or yeah. the audience's paranoia about right. who it is. Yeah. Um, but uh, the uh, yeah, the opening POV. Uh, I like though the already in the opening killer cam POV. Climbing a a a, a trellis. What were those called? Yeah, trellis. Trellis. Yeah, yeah, pretty. Yeah, and <laughs> fit. I don't know if I'm reimagining this, but when he's climbing and you hear the breathing, the way I remember it in my head, and this is not even a joke. It's probably didn't happen this way. It's him going, oh, <laughs> <laughs> about the girls. Just there just seems to be more noises than breathing. Where he's just kind of like it yes. feels like when they do an English dub of anime that they've <laughs> always got to fill every second with sound yes yeah. yes 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 uh yeah he's like hmm well what about this so. ivy yeah. good looking ivy here <laughs> ivy 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 school well these girls are definitely going to an ivy school that's for sure <laughs> i think we're at bimbo you okay enough editorializing billy the point being a glass unicorn horn hey how'd i get up here um the uh uh but i did think how you know this is like i said like the jallos they're using that as a whodunit thing because they don't want to reveal the face it is cool that halloween and jaws uh jaws is when they have that a year later it's just like and who knows jaws is probably being made during this and you but like it's still just you know who jaws is yeah. it's not a mystery where that right. they might use it to fake you out a couple times or something and then but with Halloween, it's not used as a whodunit. It's like used as a surprise mm. in the beginning to make you go like, oh, yeah. it was a little boy who was doing – it was little Mikey Myers. Right. And then after they use it after that, it's like you fully know it's Michael Myers. It's just interesting yeah. like watching Killer Cam stuff where you're like, I don't know who that is. I know. Yeah. It's uh, good. I guess Scream, it would have just been too corny to do. Yeah. They kind of do what I think Winkler's looking through a – closet at Winkler maybe once but right it is it is weird and we we talked about it a bit in the Halloween ends episode that they go to POV very briefly when is it when when Corey kills and he puts on the mask Mm -hmm. is that right I think and it's it's like a direct allusion to young Michael killing right and that makes sense but I think if you were really to do that these days feels too throwback yeah to you're me. right it's been so spoofed out exactly it's really hard to like yeah even if you try to like add breathing and stuff there's i mean it, that was like one of the first things to get spoofed have you ever seen student bodies that's what i was thinking i was thinking it was saturday the 14th but it's student bodies yeah, and the there's like heavy guy. breathing yes yeah that's right that feels like oh, that could have only come from black Christmas uh-huh. as a yeah reference, but um, 
the uh uh So yeah, the very cozy vibes once they get there. Um uh we can quickly just talk about uh Margot Kidder's character. I like that she's so cool. Her first scenes are her like like holy like uh what uh some cocktails of some kind and I a think cigarette. It's like, seems to me like straight bourbon or scotch yes, or something. Yes. Like she's just basically I thought a fifty eight year old executive. But what uh, in all of her subsequent scenes too, and just Margot Kidder as a person who I think is so right on and yeah. cool, yeah. Uh, and also just really one of those like gifted actors yeah. where you're like, she's got something where when she woke up like gasping for air and getting her inhaler, I'm like. Whatever mystic quality you yeah. have, Margot Kidder, I believe that. She's just so uh, herself. Like, you just, yeah, just yeah. It's that brilliant kind of actor that doesn't need to obfuscate anything. She's so interesting as a person. She brings that to all her characters, but you're right. Yeah, she's just so cool. This isn't aligned with, yeah, uh, Lois Lane. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, and, and, to think like she is really an actor of her time in the sense of like, uh, you know, Catherine Hepburn might've played a character like this, like somebody who's free, feels free enough to talk and act like the fellas. Yeah. And in the seventies, you know, this is, um, you know historically what's happening that like it does feel like margot kidder is the uh either her her or jill clayberg mm. are the like the two like yeah actors who are characters that represent feminism yeah and like a not a bad way like in no. a right on yeah uh because she was like cracking me up but i was thinking um, you know, this movie 74, the first time I think people really heard the F word in a movie was MASH. Oh. And then the last detail was 73 a year before this. But I was thinking, like, if a 1974 audience is sitting there, they haven't heard swears in their movies for the last... Right. They're hearing it for the first time in three, four years. And I guess this is a year after Exorcist 2, which is, like, pretty extreme and, like obscenities and stuff but the revolutionary thing is like seeing a character like margot kidder like talk that way it's well, really the, the fantastic other characters are responding that way all the cops and everybody they they don't know what to do with her yeah when she was saying like they she just gets such a long funny scene about spelling fellatio to yeah. that cop and then yeah. seeing he's the boob yeah i mean uh Americans, American movies might like to do their little shots at authority figures, but Canada does it <laughs> right, man. Like they, that last shot is a cop standing outside a house, the sorority house, while Olivia Hussey's asleep in a bed alone, and Billy's up in the attic, oh, and he's I've just like out that. on the porch, being like. Derp. Like she was like when I was doing the thing of like let's play this forward and see what happens. He comes down and kills Olivia Hussey. That's what's going to happen. 
He what, and did he call because he already killed her? Is that why the phone's ringing? He like calls. Oh, a, is that right? I don't know. That's like too speculative. I just thought. Well, uh, wait, in that was, moment, maybe that. But but he hasn't killed anyone. That's why I seemed maybe like while the camera was backing up, he snuck in, killed her, oh, and then think of that. and then is now calling, and this cop is out there being like standing on the because the credits end and he's still moving around on the porch. Oh man, it was cool how that phone call got quieter and then got louder, started quiet and got louder and louder and louder as the credits went on. That was really I like. Ah, uh, see, this is the what I hate, hate, hate about streaming services is goes quiet and puts it in a little box because doesn't think you want to watch the credits and puts something else up. And so yeah, I might've only noticed because I had headphones. No, on I, that, you're yeah. right. It does. But that sort of ruined a bit of the impact of the end of the movie for me because they can't let you sit there and watch the credits. It drives me crazy. I fucking uh, movie theaters, my continuing gripe about AMC, uh, went and saw a movie there last night. Pretty powerful movie. Credits start. End credits start. They're putting up the house lights. It's like I'm surprised they don't even cut off the credits so they can make more room for the go, movies. It goes up to a, yeah, a tiny screen, and then a fucking coke ad gets blasted yeah. at you. <laughs> um, really, that movie. At least give it at two minutes yeah. of being able. And if people want to get up, they can. But it was just like. Yeah, when you see a movie that kind of holds you, uh, I, I you know I saw Tar, and uh, to have a movie that kind of like really gets you to submit to its power, mm. and then you're, I was like, full submission, I'm yours, and then have the movie just kind of end with a sort of unromantic like light switching on. I was like, oh, just let me sit for a moment, get, contain, let me think about what I just saw. This is these are special moments when you go see a movie. Yeah. You gotta say you make movies better. No, you don't. I'm gonna argue with that. Um, the uh, uh, it was funny though to see Tar, uh, which I really, really liked. Uh, seeing uh, Peter be this like fussy uh, music player uh, and stuff. I was oh, like, look yeah. at that guy being a little Tar. Double feature. <laughs> also, I think Tar could win Best Picture for a movie title I most want to conjugate. Tar, ter, tia, tio, tiamos. Speaking of music, the music in this movie is pretty good too. And there's that one, I forget when it was. It's like Peter's he, playing it. Didn't it seem like it's yeah, like piano exactly. strings and shit? Because yeah. you could tell he's like avant-garde and the old fuddy-duddies don't like his music. Yeah. I don't want it either. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's that one point where they cut away and it's like creepy choral music. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was really scary. Uh, when the caroler, when uh, uh, Margot Kidder's character gets killed and the carolers are down and they're intercutting with the kids yeah. singing too. Have that was really good. ever had carolers come to your door? Oh my God. This has never happened to me. I've been a part of carolers. I have too. When when are they? Uh, when is it going to shall receive? I, yeah, I, doesn't happen me that way. Not. I my, I've paid my carol karma. Now yeah, me, it's come due. I want some carolers. Not really. That would be uh, awkward. You say carol karma. I just want some caramel now. <laughs> have you ever been to the Tam O'Shanter at Christmas when the carolers come around the tables? 
And That's it's so just, special. Oh, I have it's that. It's really awkward. It's really, really awkward. And I've been there when they like the character characters were disagreeing with each other, and it just felt like mom and dad were fighting. And well, doesn't that have a, a Disneyland bent? Yeah, that's it? it's near where the old animation studios used to be in in it's in Atwater Village. And Walt has his own table. He had his own table, and so did John Wayne. Yeah, and it's like Scottish themed Tudor cottage. It's great. We go there every year. Oh, I've been there. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's and really the special. Sandwiches are incredible. Yeah, yeah. That whole row of uh, places. Is I really used to nice. live a block from there. No kidding. Uh, Amanda and I used to live there. Yeah, that's where we moved in together for. I guess for three years before we moved here. Ah, so what years are those? 2000. Well, it was late 2011 to late 2015. Jesus Christ. I know. Wasted time for us, huh? Well, yeah. (laughs) And also I just, it's like a, when you go to an open mic and you see a comedian and you're like hearing jokes, you're like, I'm hearing these for the first time, so we must be telling them for the first time. Uh, like, I came over to your house, I'm like, Matt has always lived here. I no, knew that wasn't true, yeah. but I'm just like, Matt and Amanda have always <laughs> lived here. And then you give me this, and I'm like, oh, I know. Yeah, it was a little stone's throw away. Yeah. Actually, that time I met you at Little Dom's, might have, I might have even been still living in Long Beach. I was just one. Uh, Pre-Atwater? When was that? 2010, maybe? No, I think it was like uh, 2015, 16. Oh, really? Yeah, okay, or then 2014. I, then I was in Atwater. Let me check my official uh, glittery notebook where I wrote down <laughs> what I first met. Let me check mine. Let me check mine. <laughs> um, speaking of glitter, this tree in their house, we've talked about tinsel before on here. They had that old spun glass tinsel. Have you ever seen that? They don't make any more because yeah. it's really dangerous. <laughs> it's I think it's toxic. It's your pet eats it. They have glass in them. It's yeah, literally fibers of, it. yes. of glass. Yeah, and I would put Christmas tinsel in my mouth as a kid and yeah. kind of be like, I don't know, this doesn't feel. No, right. This is truly dangerous stuff. Uh, can, can people buy it now in boxes? Maybe like, on uh, eBay, but they certainly don't sell anymore. I wouldn't be surprised if this was like made purely by DuPont Chemical or something, where it's just not only physically is it dangerous, but toxic and who knows. But, yeah. So yeah. Uh, maybe around, uh, when do you think? So if this movie came out in 74, when do you think? That was out of business, 85? At they least finally... by then, because I think the one time I put it on a tree, it was like a found box mm-hmm. in an old garage thing. And it, it was flexible, but it was glass. It was like glass fiber. It was so- When you mentioned this, this actually, like when you first mentioned it, I was like, I have a memory of us finding in my grandparents' house an old box of vintage tinsel. And my parents warning me, like, don't, it has like little yeah. fibers and stuff. Yeah. You don't want to like have it on your face and stuff. No, I mean, just <laughs> the, of all the holidays, the one most associated with kids getting their hands on things. Next to a tree. <laughs> I know. Um, the other vintage uh, stuff that we found that year was these really cool, um, probably early 60s um, 
uh, multicolored. Um, you would the heat of a light would kind of just slowly make the little um, fan inside spin. And so you'd have these ornaments that if you kind of put it close oh, to yeah. next to it, the warmth of a Christmas light oh, that was on the thing. A it classic would just, Christmas light. Right? Yeah. Because do the new LED ones even do that? Or do you guys, are you rocking classic C7s? No, boy. We were, at that time we were rocking later ones. Mm. So I don't know if it, they definitely weren't probably full powered yeah. heat, but they would kind of have this like, Movement. I mean, probably the most early versions of hypnosis, trance, whatever, as a kid is just like sitting on a couch. (sighs) And I would look back and forth between the tree and then the reflections of the light that were on the ceiling. It's like, all right. I'm going to go 2001 for a bit here, guys. uh... Please do. (laughs) And now I've noticed there's a company called True Tone that makes... LED vintage bulb strings. So they even have like fabric cords and they do the C7 and the C9, which are the like the interior old version and the exterior old version sizes. I think they're like one and a half and two inch bulbs. And they're those like opaque classic Christmas bulbs. Mm -hmm. They're all already sold out for this year. You can't even get them. People love them. Yeah. And they even- get them if you- Yeah. yeah. And I might get them for next year. I was going to put some of those up on the house house, but I I mentioned it last time. I'm doing some way too complicated. Um, It's impressive though. Well, thank you. But it's uh, just Christmas myself in a corner. Um, (laughs) But they have the like- What a corner to be in though. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just- Obsessed with it. Um, the uh, 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 first um, scary shot of the guy hiding behind Billy, hiding behind the little plastic garment bag and mm, attacking yeah. Claire. Yeah. Really freaky. Really freaky. And then when he attacks her, it's not even that scary. It happens kind of slowly, but it's just so still so it's good. dreadful or something. Yeah. yeah. And uh, did you notice they kind of... They make him almost like paranormal monster, like some time. Like I felt like with this, like um, uh, when he comes at her, the sound was like inhuman almost. It was like this, like, and then when the den mother like gets that thing in her face, I know it's on some sort of pulley system, but the way she like gets yanked up into the attic. It's almost like monstrous. Yeah. Like the fact that you don't really see Billy's form yeah. or shape. Like it did seem kind of like he could be bestial. Like yeah. they, they kept making like sort of weird grunting animal sounds. There is the time where you see his silhouette and he looks just like Peter and you see one eye lit. Not the time when he's looking from behind the closet. When he attacks Marco Kidder. Yeah, that eye shot the close-up on his eye shot is so scary so scary when i did that um uh best little horror house in philly episode we talked about in psycho 2 there's a um a shot of an eye coming through the wall uh-huh. uh and uh it was uh, about it being a, a reverse voyeur shot like when they go in on his eye terrified like uh. to be like oh Billy's watching me? Yeah. But I also love that little like streak of light across yeah. him when he attacked Margot Kidder and you see like 
a little bit of him. Yeah. Um, but he looks like a young, fit man with kind of longer hair. Yeah, we're definitely not in the uh, Jason Frog Boy no. territory. Uh-uh. And Billy is also the kicking off of the innocent boy names you always hear right. that are being attached to, I mean, Billy, a lot of stuff. Jason, being... Michael, Freddy, Chucky. Yeah. I mean, Norman is like, a, you know, how it's like, it doesn't sound mean, I guess is the idea. The good naming of Norman. It's, it's nerdy, like, but it's not. It's nerdy, but it's not. Yeah. Or, yeah. um, cutesy. Quit, uh, Quotidian. It's Quotidian, not like, yeah. oh, there's a Billy in every other house. Right. And right. This could be your Billy or whatever. Oh, yeah. This could be your Michael uh, or your Freddy Krueger. <laughs> uh, uh, um, okay, so I will always love a Den mother character. This one especially because usually they're militant. People who don't understand. But oh, she's down to have more fun than the guys. She's going to drink them all under the table, and that includes Barb. That's the question I wanted to ask. The hidden hooch. Everywhere. Yeah. Why? Why is she doing this? Do the girls care? No, and presumably, she, she well, we've seen it. She has her own room. She could just put them in a drawer, but she's got them hidden. I love when she's looking for the book she hides it in, and she's like, hmm, let's see, B for booze. And she chooses the only book that is so stands out. Like, no girl in that sorority house would ever look at that cover and go, not going to ever look into that weird looking book. <laughs> Yeah, then the perfect prisoners book of the Yeah. Uh did she cut that out? Oh my god, so sad. <laughs> I don't think these girls would mind. No, not if bad. you walked around with a glass of wine. And yeah. like, um if I had to have like a hunch for why there was like this preoccupation about like the fact that like when Claire's dad shows up and he's kind of like, I don't want these girls drinking and I don't um uh if I had to think if black christmas had like a not a theme just kind of like a notion running yeah. behind it was sort of like a very 1974 thing of like wow there's been a lot of social change particularly with young people and we're grappling you know that's like why people say the exorcist and the omen and all these movies were just ways of being like, what's going on with these fucking crazy kids? <laughs> but the idea specifically of like, what is uh, moral yeah. seemed to be always kind of like, and and whether you can discuss it or not, because then right. it became this huge, that became the conversation about um, Peter saying, you will have this kid. And I don't think it's too far afield. I because I feel like the movie's sensitive enough. It was really cool that the big plot twist when it got revealed from by the cop to Jess on the phone, the uh he's inside the house. Mm -hmm. The way they chose to present it was the same way that Peter talked to her. It was sort of like, just do uh, this. Don't ask any She's questions. like, don't ask any questions. Like, what? It's like if you didn't order me. Mm -hmm this could go down so much easier. Yeah. He's just like, just do as you're told. Why are you asking about this? Just do it. And then eventually just comes out enraged. Yeah. The cop yells. 
there's somebody in the house. Get out of the house. Yeah. Um, and it makes things way more dangerous than it had to be because they were like fighting over who gets to tell who what to do. Oh, that's like, such a good moment though. It's so scary. Yeah. But the fact that they chose to do it that way as opposed to just like the everyday, it's the boob of a cop who's yeah. like messing it up. And, and that cop been was really so funny too. Much, yeah. So more reductive too that it could have easily just been she's a puritanical girl that doesn't want to give up her virginity and and Peter's kind of like, come on, let's have sex, let's have sex. And you'd still have the same dynamic of a woman not wanting to give over to a man. But oh, you're so right. Yeah. She's she's just a regular college co-ed that's facing an issue and they're not making some kind of sexual more thing uh-huh. out of it, you know? Yeah, like, no, I thought like a it was right on for this character to be like this in a movie, but it's even more right on when you think about how she's a final girl. It's like most final girls aren't pregnant and uh thinking about having an abort like that that the most of the subsequent ones would go out of their way to there is, I guess, some funny, uh, not funny, it's just like some reverse Christmas element that you celebrate Christmas for the birth of baby Jesus. And there's a reverse now mm. of uh, mm. a Christmas where somebody's pregnant and doesn't want to have the child. Interesting, yeah. There's fascinating to compare this to the Yuppie Nightmare season too, because this is like Fatal Attraction where it sets the pace and mm-hmm. then everything after it reduces it to its basest parts. So now every slasher for the most part is the characters become a lot more two dimensional. Mm-hmm. It becomes the virginal final girl and all this stuff. And you'd think that it would elevate and evolve better, but yeah. it does seem like systems like this tend to distill it down to what was popular. But like this movie is so far ahead of its time. Yeah. It could play today with the exact same script if if you just same direction everything if you just changed the clothing and the like cinema like the, yeah, the film right. stock you wouldn't really know this was a film from 1974. I'd say even you you don't even need to use cell phones and I bet you'd be so engrossed in this movie that you'd forget yeah about that you know yeah no it is a uh, pretty uh, remarkable how um, how compelling it is I was really. Um, when it was getting near the end, I was just really staggered by like, I was like, wow, it is. This is usually when movies start yeah. slipping up. No, it, it was just ramping scared. up. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I have to admit, I stopped taking notes and this has happened to me in the past before because I get like somewhat bored or put off by a movie. I was so engrossed in this movie. Yeah. You're like, I, I'm sure I, I have I'm worried Billy's going to pop out through my phone <laughs> or pop out through my notebook. He's calling from inside the phone. Um, well, the uh, uh, notes um, I took is the uh, 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 real quick is the um, the dad showing up, the sad Claire's sad dad. Oh yeah. Um, the um, sad dad. It, I thought it was cool that like I, I thought at first it was going to be an all in one nighter. Yeah, me horror too. Movie all in one nighter and all in one place. I thought. Yeah, because when he was just kind of moving around, and there is something so distinctly creepy about people moving around in a house unknowing to somebody being like 40, 50 away, feet away who's dangerous. Yeah. Is, 
I started to make a list of these type of movies mm -hmm. on Letterboxd, the unknowingly, you know, you're bad Ronalds, you're Parasite, you're Black We could watch Christmas. a little baddie Ronnie at some yeah. point. Yeah. I, I told you I, I tricked Amanda into watching that by just letting her think we were about to watch the trailer and we're like 15 minutes in and she's like, hey, this isn't the trailer. And by then that movie's pretty short. You're already halfway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, halfway yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's a trick worth trying by the way if you ever want someone to watch a movie with you um, the uh, um, we could go visit the bad Ronald house in Glendale too <laughs> oh wait well Matt were we going to talk about the other movies that we were going to watch the holiday movies the other five what Oh yeah, yeah. Can we talk? Oh yeah, because when you said that, it made me think of oh, I wanted to talk about the funny Zoom pitch. Oh, that's session. right. Yes, okay. and now so we, we could talk well, about. Should it. we? How much more Black Christmas do you have? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's we have, do that, and then we'll save that's that. A nice. Little, we're, we're, what Paul's talking about is we already know our next season after the this holiday season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So uh, and it's all the Clancy movies. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, speaking of. Clancy and Claude the cat and yeah. Claire the girl. I didn't know if this killer was after uh, Cialis. 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 Uh, um, hmm. I did like all the funny stuff. And if a horror movie's funny mm -hmm. stuff legit yeah. is, makes me laugh, then I'm all for it. Like the old codger dad and the yeah. dead mother and the flipping the middle finger poster it was charming i have to say you're right and we've talked about this briefly too but horror comedies themselves are really difficult to pull off especially when they veer into you know quote camp which is why of the five movies we're doing i'm least excited about leprechaun mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. i i'm sure that one's more like chucky and that it's a little more serious than its next ones yeah. but i uh, yeah, knowingly campy horror movies are not my jam. That's why I think Child's Play didn't work. Yeah, for no. Me what and... was good about this is that the characters are making jokes in a real life yeah. way. Obviously, with that cop at the fellatio thing. Yeah, but then it's funny later. <sighs> they get such a everybody just loves this fellatio joke that when they're walking down cop. the car yeah. the stairs later. Yeah, and. The John Saxon saying to uh, uh, Olivia Hussey and Andrea Martin, "Oh, you know your friend dropped by." And then they start to laugh because they know what she did. Yeah, <laughs> this thing has long cop. legs. This joke, <laughs> that one cop man, that guy's just enjoying life. He certainly does. Yeah, he should be solving some crimes. I think instead of cracking up, um, <laughs> does the cold air keep the corpse from getting too stinky in the up in it the It must, yeah. That's probably right. Um and maybe that plastic, maybe the head stinks the most. And so But this only been a day, right? Yeah. I when don't does think, it yeah it doesn't and in that weather you're fine, trust me. But <laughs> but if it had been a hot summer day, if yeah. this was on graduation day. Yeah, don't go up in my attic. You know what, what do you mean by that when you said trust just, me? And just, now don't go in my attic. I just attic. like, why would you think you could just go up in my attic? I would never go to your house and ask to go up in your attic. Okay. Can I? If, if no, I just said don't no, go. No, but up. if I ask, you would you let me? 
No, I don't want you to go up oh, in my attic. Okay. It's really weird that you want to go up there. What were you saying like a year ago? You were you were saying those missing people in your neighborhood. It was all the fault of that guy um, uh-huh. um, uh, uh, in the na- other neighborhood. Yeah. The, how you'd yeah. Always, the other neighborhood. It's just not this neighborhood. No one in mm. this neighborhood disappeared mm. anybody into their attic mm. or just in general. Is this podcast going to have a twist where I find out Ring. my co-host uh, that little um, split diopter shot yeah. of the... Uh, and boy, is it. It's the funniest thing in the world. The, the dad on the phone or the dad uh, being like, these kids growing up too fast and Margot Kidd are feeding booze to a little kid. It's because it's so thematically perfect, yeah. background versus foreground. Also makes me think another thing that De Palma saw this and just was like, you know, I well, know that De Palma, existed before. Bob but... Clark probably saw Sisters oh, with Margot maybe. Kidder. Yeah, you're probably right. Is that got a lot of di- split diopters? Oh, so many splits, diopters, you're going to need ointment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't let you're gonna the, want to stretch for these splits diopters don't let the door hit you where the sweet diopters split you is that an edit clap <laughs> you, you want that out we clap when we have to edit something out so I know what it looks like yeah. in the timeline and when we mention that we both have the clap yeah. and we want to edit that out we yeah, right, yeah. right. We well, would now I'm going to see these because we do have an edit in this episode and I'm going to see these and not know which <laughs> it is. Um, the, uh, uh, okay, so then Jess goes to visit Art Hindall. I like the little proto-Jason hockey mask that he was wearing. Yeah, I was just, funny you should say that. I was just looking at my shoes and I think I'm going to put a little red, like broad arrow there oh. and a little hatchet. A la Jason's mask? Yeah, because my shoes are, I don't they know do. what these are, but they're like slip-on clogs, like house shoes, but they're made out of kind of molded rubber. And they have the little hockey holes. Yeah, they look like a hockey mask. They're Seguero. They're like Converse meets a hockey mask. <laughs> I don't wear them out, but I've been so lazy lately, I actually have been wearing them out. So maybe. Oh, I wear Crocs out. Well, you have oh, legit Crocs. Day. These are like. I don't know what these are. I they, think these are too legit to quit. They're like one step away from packing foam. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 so the um, piano rehearsal scene. Yeah, where they're like the judges are watching Peter play. Yeah, and he's all like tormented while he's doing it and stuff. I think that's his like recital like his thesis or something yes yeah right 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 um I was thinking they the, <laughs> when it was done they were like a beautiful piece can you not sweat and cry during it <laughs> <laughs> takes away stop gilding the lily narcissist. <laughs> we get it um, pour your heart and soul the most Canadian for a movie that didn't seem remarkably uh, Canadian and in all the best ways. Yeah. Uh, I did think there was a Canadian moment when Art Hindle is talking to Jack, John Saxon and he's like, what's your association with Claire? And he goes, yeah, I've been taking her out. Yes. Taking her out. I mean, without the accent, just that phrase, I've been taking her out. That's why I felt so quintessential. It was like an expression and the pronunciation. Yeah. I've been uh, taking her out. 
I yeah, I really uh talking about gilding the lily, I really push that oot. Sometimes you gotta. Um uh, the that part then when uh Barb um and it turns against get feels like people are turning against her. I had a theory up until um Jess and Barb have a pretty uh, they go to this the delight. <laughs> I was just thinking, when they when she, they have a pretty good scene up in the bedroom. Yeah. Um. Later, before she gets killed, but there was a point where I was like, "Was there a scheduling thing?" There's just not a lot of core kidder Jess scenes. A lot of times, they're kind of off, each doing their own little investigations. You know what? I'm seeing now the connection to Halloween, where Barb is Linda, yes. Phil is Annie. And yep. Jess is. Mm-hmm. Wow, another. Yeah. They're totally that trio. Yeah. Ugh. And wow. Claire is the tow truck driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's the, what's the red rabbit? Um, oh, yeah. The, I also thought it was like, um, the, if this movie's already kind of like creating some of the rules of like how a killer has a POV shot. It's pretty awesome that it's not just doing that. It's going the step beyond where it's sophisticated enough, where they have a shot where the group is all talking in the room and it's just a camera outside the window looking in. Mm. It don't even have to be the killer. It probably Mm. isn't him. It's not him. It's just now your eyes attuned to that. I'm like, that's really sophisticated for somebody inventing the thing and then also like using it like in a different mm. way is do you think that they ever thought should we show a killer in a mask or it never even occurred to them or it did occur to them and they still went no let's just do strictly pov god is that where halloween then fuses yeah, texas chainsaw I think with so. this movie i think so texas chainsaw is post everything's mask after that yeah and you could even make a case for psycho where he dresses up like his mother there's some kind of Disguise, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) or alter ego or something, yeah. Hmm. And Freddy's face is like mutilated, and Chucky is its own disguise a body, you know, a child's doll, yeah. And Jason, yeah. Well, Um, there's no mask in in First Friday, and that's all POV, too. Yeah, boy, uh, boy, maybe Friday rips off Black Christmas more than Halloween in a way. Black Christmas definitely uses the whodunit. Or or Friday the Thirteenth definitely uses that way more than the yeah. Um, it also is the um, yeah. I was thinking like uh, just about the like one night versus over two nights thing. Mm. Friday Thirteenth and Halloween are one nighters, and Black Christmas and like Friday Thirteenth Part Two mm. are two nighters, and Nightmare on Elm Street. I guess because. It involves nightmares or multiple nights. Mm. Um, when all said and done, I do like a one-nighter. I do too. One crazy night. Yeah. Black Christmas. I mean, it's a bit of the non-formula. <laughs> the very, very next day. You don't, don't bludgeoned you my heart? You bludgeoned me away this year to save me from tears. Call me from somebody else's house. Yeah, uh, where they can't trace it. I want just a movie of call tracing. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, that overall thing of them like not fully having like the formula. Not that this is a problem, but just like the like the town all going on a manhunt to search for the little girl is just yeah. like not ever. <laughs> you don't see them do that at Halloween. No, like, yeah, no, you don't. Do you? you Maybe should. it's it's about the kind of blase Illinois. Don't think about the other person next door to you. Attitude. We're in Canada. They're like. Hey, we if a thirteen year old girl is missing, we all get our asses out yeah. there and go looking with our snowmobiles. Or if they do think of it in Haddonfield, it's Halloween Kills, where they pitchfork mob. You know, well, they they prefer that evil would die that night. Yeah, right? instead of love living today, we graffiti love lives today. We kill evil dies tonight. All lines up. Uh, did you like it when the cat licked the corpse plastic? Yeah. That was yeah. good. Yeah. Um, the, I, I don't let Margot do that in our app. It's, it's not, don't worry about it. But next note. Do you put like tuna fish on the plastic? You don't need to. Oh boy. <laughs> A new chapter in this story. <laughs> Final chapter. Uh, I do like, um, I've been reading like fairy tales and stuff uh, to Mary, but then just like, reading wikipedia things there is something i like about this movie that's like half fairy tale half mm. joke where mm. it's like one person goes up into the attic then the den mother goes up yes. into the attic then like it's just such a simple way to tell a story it's 10 monkeys jumping on the bed yeah, yeah. one of them is gonna fall down and bob their head yeah no more monkeys jumping on the bed um that's actually how a lot of um the band, the monkeys lost a lot of their members. Really? Some people lost them to drugs, but most of the members, it was because they were jumping on a bed and fell oh, off and bumped their head. That's how, did they write that song? It was the first hit song <laughs> they wrote. <laughs> um, uh, it's cool because I guess it gets answered a little bit that, um, You're sort of like, why was the Claire the first victim? The whole like, if it's Peter, why would he kill Claire first? And why would he mm. care about putting her up in the attic and hiding her away? And then the dead mother, why is he not getting to so and so? And then it gets answers. It's like, because he's not killing anybody specifically. No, this There's just, no star of this movie no, that he's after. This is just a deranged, he'll take what he can get. Whoever goes upstairs. Uh, the uh, surprise. Dulea, <laughs> uh, when he pops up. Um, oh, just quick question. All the addicts and scenes. Addicts. Cozy? Not cozy. Where do you fall? Cozy adjacent. They are the, the uh, chilling threshold to coziness. They, are, they exist and as the a sort of like a border. Like, no cozy. There's no... There's no cozy land that is all sprawling. Cozy is always abutted by danger. <laughs> danger. And by definition, you must have that to make something cozy. If the land were all cozy... Then precisely for that reason, isn't the attic the most cozy spot of a house? Because no. Because it's when you're most butted up against the danger, but... I think it is, the, it is part of the danger. It's the ceiling and below that's cozy... But the attic has unknown mysteries. Every... Ooh, but if a killer's in your house, you, you you want that attic bedroom, not a basement bedroom. 
Why? Jimmy out of a crawl out of a window. Right. I don't know, but I do know this. Every attic must contain an old bird cage, a carousel horse, a trunk of old costumes, an old vanity <gasps> dresser. Laying down the new trope. <laughs> I never thought about that, but that's so true. Yeah. With the centurion guard to the movie studio is yes. the old rocking horse to yeah, the attic. A rocking chair. Rocking chair, yes. And a rocking horse and a carousel horse. A bird cage is big. You bird often see cages. unused bird cages. A chair is usually hanging on a wall. Old family <gasps> picture frames, portraits of old family members, and a trunk for sure. You have to have a trunk. What if like before the bank like officially like lets you start like having a mortgage and stuff. They come over to your house and they're like, everything's up. You do have to put a bird, old bird cage in your attic for us to fully license you as homeowner. Did you have anything in your attic when you got your house? Cause we sure did. Uh, no. What? We had tons of the, the person that lived here before was an author. Oh, author, author. And he, a bunch of his books, unsold books were up in there. He wrote. Is he dead? No. Why not did that he I take of. his books? Well, I don't know. He, he wrote. There's the a John Krakauer novel about. I think it's summiting K two and like an ex, a famous expedition that went horribly wrong. Uh -huh. And apparently, there's a counter story. There's another version to that story, and he wrote that lesser known version. That. But what this book presupposes is, yeah, is that yeah. what it is? Yeah. And Have then there was some lamp. No, there was some. Did you burn them? <laughs> I think they're still up there. Really? I think so. There's some lamps up there too. Uh, old lampshades or something. I don't know. No birdcage though. Yeah, we have, we have a small attic. You can't even walk in it. Yeah, I think ours is you can't. But you stand have a up basement. Right. Yeah. What's what? What's basement trope uh, materials? Well, definitely like a water heater. Mm -hmm. Um, and are you talking unfinished basement? Yeah, washer dryer. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, what else? I feel like in an unfinished basement, yeah the the exposed beams of a yeah un pipes and beams. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I wish, yeah, object wise, like that isn't necessarily related to a home functioning. Like, what is just a you know. The 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 the, the birdcage to the attic, a birdcage. You would never see that in the basement junk area. No oh oh, like um, canned foods. Yeah, yeah, survival things, cleaning supplies, my um, tools, a workbench. Maybe. My grandma had a real deal like cellar that was like you go down there. It's cold because it's in a hole in the earth, and with like her own canned foods. What's the difference between a cellar and a basement? Um, about three degrees. <laughs> I is it is one you can enter through a house and the other you have to go through that outside thing? I don't know. Ooh. A cellar does sound like that's how you would define it is it has the little like door yeah. that you can go. Yeah. 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 Um, the. Ooh, distant church bells. Real good atmosphere setters mm -hmm. movies. Yeah. Put in some more spooky. Absolutely. Um, that was, I can't tell you, Matt, growing up, just the m most melancholy sound you could hear. It was our, we lived near a church close enough where you could hear the church bells. Why was it melancholy? And, oh, 
Because you, you Sunday oh. at five o'clock a.m. PM, p.m. You're standing outside. <gasps> oh, the yeah. sun's starting to go down. Oh, you're like, no. school sucks. School's tomorrow, and it's oh. like, ding, dong, ding, dong. Time is passing for everyone. <laughs> Everyone's hearing this. You know, right now people are hearing. It's so just haunting. a reminder. You're unhappy in case you were having fun. Melancholia. But for a horror movie, it's cool. Uh, I did see something very curious. Uh, I think when they go into Claire's room, she has a poster of Art Hindle, her boyfriend. Yes, I noticed that. (laughs) I, like, uh, instead of a teeny bopper loving David I, Cassidy? I don't know what's going on there. What, like under a, what circumstances were the, was that printed? What's his... Does he have a pursuit or occupation? Did we ever... Oh, maybe. Is he like... Would there be a reason, a professional reason he has a poster and that she gives it to him? I don't know. I just thought it was so charming that a girl would be so taken by her like boyfriend. She's like, well, I don't want a poster of a pop star. Well, yeah. My cutie boyfriend. Yeah. It is... He was like wearing a nice jacket and a sweater. Yeah. What's we should do that for our wives. Uh, Give them posters <laughs> of us. Pin up style that you can fold into like, a magazine. Funny gag gift. What's the real one? Uh, uh, let me run out. I'll be right back. And then we just bring each other posters of our other. Uh, you bring Leslie one of me and I bring Amanda one of me. I thought you would like this poster of Paul. <laughs> Leslie, baby, I know you'll love this poster of Matt. <laughs> I know our daughter will have some questions. <laughs> what What's the deal with Keir Delea? He's in 2001. Do you find him Keir Delea? I think a little. Yeah. But so he, he, you never really saw him in a lot. What happened there? Yeah. I mean, he seems a little bit like, um, you know, when directors cast somebody because of a vibe yeah. and it just kind of works for the one really popular movie that they were yeah. in and then it's just hard to know how to bottle it or something right. i don't know do you think that was his choice or like you never know what's going on in someone's life but maybe he just couldn't get maybe he was an asshole i mean it's different that like i know that like donald pleasance is like in halloween and stuff but the fact that like yeah he's in this movie with um a bunch of like Olivia Hussey um, being in this movie after, you know, it's just not like the lowest budgeted. No, they brought in the, like, you're right. They're not just stars, but people who had been in major motion pictures. Uh Yeah. 2001, Romeo and Juliet. I mean, certainly they were doing the, like, probably low budget thing of these actors were bigger five six years ago and they're they didn't get bigger right but it's still like a star yeah um the uh uh yeah all the like you know when you were saying sort of about you see stuff that like fatal attraction sets it and then it just becomes like so quickly moved over yeah i do feel like the microcosm of that is the tracing machine like 
what the movie does in total, like taking the patience to explain and just make sure you know what's going on. It was the same with the Tracy Wishy when he was like, now, we want to put a tap on your phone, but you need to sign this permission form. <laughs> I was like, never seen that in a We're Gonna Trace the Call movie. And she's signing for presumably all the other people in this house. Yes. I have no concept of that. I know they're not around, but some of them are. Well, that's funny because uh, the I did think... There's a point, it's the only point where I was a little like, man, this movie's been good at being top of its intelligence. When the two girls realize like, oh, there's been doors unlocked. This is the, really the only door locked. I was like, mm, that's where it felt. Yeah. Not only should you have locked all the doors and windows, why are you still in this house? Oh, well, that's what, yeah. That's the other thing that I kind of thought like, you can maybe say girls are going off normally they would stay there and everybody would collect and safety in numbers, but they can't do that because the girls went to vacation. But you would be like, I got to get yeah. out of this house yeah. where people are getting killed. Yeah. It's a little, I mean, I they don't the know anybody's successful that I'm not asking that the whole time, but they don't know anybody's been killed in the house yet. They just know Claire's potentially missing though. They're still holding out. Hope. I guess. Yeah. It would more be, there's a killer out in town. Yeah. And we're exactly. just sort of defenseless. I here. think you would that would be enough. I mean they had that one cop there who gets his throat slit yeah. later. What's this? Jennings. Yeah, Jennings. That was uh one of those ooh, I wonder if this is one of the first of the formula, or maybe this is as old as Agatha Christie or whatever, uh or even older. But the like in a slasher, I love the like corpse that found when was killed off screen Bleeding at the, near the end. magenta paint out of his neck. <laughs> Even the den mother's a little crazy Ralph trope-wise. You know? Yeah. She's not like f warning anyone of anything, but she's got that kind of energy. Yeah. Uh, that you might not trust her if she said danger was a failure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that's some of that hooch you've been hiding <laughs> in the toilet. Um, what book you've been drinking this night? Um, uh, I did the um th I know the characters might are are definitely unaware of the calls coming from inside the house. I'm curious what you're when you were watching it this first time. Uh, yeah. You have to be kind of going like well the same voice that's rocking the chair going like Claire or uh Esther Esther <laughs> I, I'm making fun of it, but yeah. like, it's just, he's going crazy in the attic. That's the same voice that's calling. So you kind of have to go. The call's Not only in. that, but they show, I think the same phone before the cop gets revealed. They, they really cut the twist short. I think mm. this could be a perfect movie if they would have somehow hidden that uh -huh. and revealed it as a twist, even though I can't tell if, they're trying to have it that way. Well, they're not in a way because the cops find out first, which in itself is a little twist. But by then, I think you still already do know if they could have hidden that. Yeah. Would, like not have the guy talk in the house when we see him when he's not on the phone. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, yeah, people are a little more ahead of the curve, right? Yeah. Um, but the, what makes the movie so scary and threatening the whole time is you're just like, God, he's crawling around this house this oh, whole time. Yeah. So the knowledge of that, you still want to have that, you know? I guess, yeah, you do know he's in the house. You just don't know if it's the same person or not. Yes. It, yeah, once he started one. rocking the chair and using the voice that was coming through the phone, I was like, oh, he's inside. Yeah. I mean, it's that guy. it was 
and I guess that's the time that they're really trying to make you think it was Peter's or, or it's becoming untangled from that. So maybe that's a clue that it is. Yeah. Um, but uh, when I said Kidder's acting with that suffocation, but I did think her waking up and needing her inhaler and the plastic being put over the person's head, mm. like there's like cool, yeah. scary suffocation anxiety. Yeah. And um, I will say, Matt, my biggest thing is fear is like suffocation oh. by something on top of me. Smothering. Yeah, a smothering yeah. that I can't, my body oh, can't yeah. push and control and figure out. And yeah. I'm just like. I have a bit of that too. Uh, so the, the, like, I was like, man, this movie's really mining the like suffocation. Uh, I know. Um, could you hold this 500 ton weight for me real quick? <laughs> on your neck? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's so funny cause I guess it's like as ancient and as essential of a fear you could have. I can't breathe. Oof. Like my oxygen can't go to my lungs and my brain. I don't but, know. <laughs> um, but then it's cool because he starts saying, it's all right, Agnes, pretty Agnes. And you're like, who's Agnes? This is getting weird. <laughs> um, yeah. There was one point when I was watching my version, I lost the sound. Oh. And I had that thing that could happen where you're like, stylistic choice? I know. Uh, or the, just like uh, between ADR moments because this whole <laughs> movie's ADR'd essentially. And I advanced it like five minutes and then people's mouths were moving. There was no sound. I'm like, uh, okay, not a choice. Okay. And then I went back and uh, figured it out. But last night at Tar, there was a point where the sound dropped out. And it was cool because the movie's like a little bit like, oh, if you're in the mind of a narcissist, so they'll have moments where somebody comes in with an emotion and you're like, Oh, it is being experienced how somebody who's not plugged into how other people feel. So when the sound dropped out, I was like, oh, a look into her narcissism. She's not even listening to the people around her. Uh, and then it went on a little too long. <laughs> and then I leaned over to Leslie. And as the words, is this a choice? Coming out, the sound came back on. Uh, <laughs> Um, do you, uh, that happened also to me with the lovely bones. The m screen got mixed up, and for like three minutes, it got slowed down, and people just thought it was in slow motion. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you ever had any like people or like? Well, I may this have glitch this, is intentional. I I right when they're about to open the cardboard box in seven, the lights flashed <gasps> on in the theater, and the alarm went off, and and it just was so jarring that you're like, "What is this part of the? What's going on?" Whoa! And we had to exit the theater. Cause yeah. That that scene is like cast a spell is a cast a spell of a movie. Yeah. Like you are so in the grips right. of that movie when you're watching that. Uh, yeah, if you thought it was like some William Castle type stunt where it, across the country in all theaters the lights come up and blare and be like, "Whoa, got you, dude!" <laughs> um, I did notice when Margot Kidder that awesome kill with the glass menagerie and stuff. I noticed in the psycho shower scene we've talked about in other movies. Uh, there's always a point where the woman's getting killed. It's like ah 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 ooh yeah, yeah. oh wow wow they uh, did it in this too. I didn't notice. I want somebody to just write a paper about what the the in Psycho it happens too in the shower scene. There's a part where. The point where if you slow it down, it's the actual only part where the knife goes into her stomach. Uh -huh. It makes they put a little slit. 
and uh-huh. the knife goes in. Janet Lee's like, ooh, la, la, baby, baby. Oh, you know that's intentional with Hitchcock. You, yeah, a little you weirdo. Um, you cue ball. Uh, when those goofy characters show up who are on the hunt, yeah, I was like, it's so funny. I was like, oh, Andrea Martin's like interacting with like a Second City <laughs> TV character. <laughs> Should have been Eugene Levy and John Candy. Yeah, it's Hi. also like the cops in Halloween Five. Those guys. Yes. Yeah. We need more of those kooks in the horror I know. movies. I Why agree. couldn't they show up in Hereditary? <laughs> Or The Exorcist. <laughs> Some funny cops. What do you guys got going on here? <laughs> a real exorcism. Oh, the other um, thing of um, that that Billy has some sort of paranormal element, which I know is dumb and doesn't make it scarier. But like when Andrea enters, uh, Andrea Martin enters that room where Marco Kidder's been killed. She steps in, and then the door just kind of. S- swiftly like slams yeah. behind her yeah i mean i know it's because they don't show you his body but it does make it seem more like haunted house ghost spirit yeah stuff. and we don't see her killed that's right yeah you just wind up seeing her in the little corpse den on yeah. the bed um another like, posing though kind of almost like michael right. myers uh the just the last couple things um one of the crazy things as that's getting crazier that she hears on the phone is him going like, where'd you leave the baby? Which was really freaky. But I wanted him to be like, why'd you leave the baby on the table? You wanted to. Why'd you leave the baby on the table? You wanted to. Do you know that song? No. System of the doubt. Why'd you leave the baby on the table? You wanted to. Did the baby fall? Uh... Well, I don't know what was going on in the System of a Down song, but in this, maybe the baby fell. I only, like I said, caught every third word of those exchanges, which made it all the more scary yeah. and harrowing because the words would just pop out and no context. And that, just, You and Amanda so, sitting watching it, right? Yeah. What are we, I'm sorry. What are you, the, just It's just what a great way to do it. You know, you're getting just enough information, but never yeah. enough to solve a riddle of who or what this is or why they're doing it. Just yeah. enough to color the absurdity and the non sequitur of it all is so enticing. Yeah. yeah. If you had to speculate, like, what's Billy's deal? What do you think? I think it, you're right. It's a, probably a, a real fucked up father-mother situation, you know, some kind of weird psychosexual link to the mother and abusive father mm-hmm. and... And yeah, maybe he was left on his own, lived in that attic possibly the whole time or something oh, or, or returned cool. to the attic because he probably would have killed before. So maybe his parents and he moved away, the parents died and he went home just like Michael Myers. He came home. Well, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, with Michael Myers, you know, he, uh, the, the movie escaped from a facility yeah. with this. It's like, yeah, what was Billy up to? Was he just in that house? And he's just always, I mean, the opening thing you see is him walking up to the house, but that could have been his 500th walk up to that house. (laughs) It feels like he's returning or coming there the first time because he would have killed before, you think, Mm -hmm. because he certainly ain't well. Yeah. Um, There is a point where the voice on the phone is saying... um, uh, to Jess, you pig, you pig. And I was like, is this Alec Baldwin talking to his daughter? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Remember that? Called her a pig? I sure do. That's when, 
You know, just, Alec Baldwin cruised for a long the time. Fame of- I was out on Alec Baldwin back then because talking to your child that way, it's one thing to like verbally abuse another adult, but to talk to a child that way. Oh, now as a parent, it becomes reprehensible. When you're a child and not a parent and you hear that story, you're kind of like filtering it through. Like, what could I have done as a child that would cause my parents to get mad? You know, (sighs) that's the only frame I have. And so now when I think about it, I was like, dude, take a breath. Count to three. You don't call your... You can tell that's all his own rage and self-loathing. And that's just so abusive to that poor girl. And she probably never had a chance to really have a kind of stable emotional i don't want to project anything on yeah her, no but, but it was ornamental too because oh. the whole thing was she was choosing to be with her mom instead of her scary dad right yeah. that was what the Making, phone call fight yeah. was about was like you're not showing up for daddy daughter time why not oh, god <laughs> this reminds me of there's something i've been watching there are two videos on youtube by this guy named bobby fingers and i oh. i encourage everybody to check these out they're like 20 to 30 minutes long the first video is him building a like really realistic diorama of Mel Gibson getting arrested on PCH. And he's this Irish guy who does this kind of like philosophical comedic bordering on almost too nihilistic at times, but commentary on this while visually you're seeing the procedural of him making like sculpting a full Mel Gibson head that then gets laser scanned and reduced down to like a six inch figure or whatever. Then there's a twist I won't tell you about. And same with the second one, which is a diorama of Steven Seagal getting beat up by one of the stuntmen. He tries to, <laughs> tries to alpha dog. Oh, he like defecates himself. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's that moment. And it's just this guy, this is wonderful commentary. Wow. Bobby Fingers is his name and they're amazing. There's only two. This is relatively new, but that there's a, a sort of, mm, I don't want to spoil it, but like multi, interactive element to it very cool yeah uh bobby fingers yeah um what would the he talks about the bell gibson pc oh but he should get into the album yeah i have a feeling that could be next (laughs) (laughs) um the oh just the last like uh 20 minutes when it's cutting to the cops it's going to three different places. It's just so masterful. Yeah. I was like really blown away yeah. when I was like, the cops are trying to get to her. She's in the house. We know somebody's in the house and they're cutting to the guy with the phone wires. Yeah. And anytime you go to either of those, the suspense of what's happening with the other two, like build up. It's yeah. Really amazing. Uh, the um, At the very, very end, I noticed when they're leaving um, through... Uh, they're all leaving the house. <laughs> One of the cops says, uh, well, I think about that about wraps things up here, sir. And I was like, if every movie had a character say that, <laughs> it helps. It really does yeah. help. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, if, that, if this isn't the end, I don't know what isn't. <laughs> um, and then to have, right, that ending and then just what a creepy ending oh, of that. so good phone going off and just where the movie began on that shot of the house just outside. I think it's up there with Halloween. I will say Halloween affected me more because I also got it more. Like I said, with this one, the the way the streaming thing, it didn't, it didn't land on me Mm -hmm. the way it was supposed to. It was 
not the movie's fault. Yeah, Halloween, I still like, I think, yeah, packs more of a wall up the ending. Yeah. This one definitely is. Uh, it's up there. Yeah. This is going to be a tough movie to beat in the next Cozy Awards. I know. It's got a lot of cozy wind and it's cozy sales. I can't think. I mean, the yuppie season. Whoa, this is going to be a hell of I a know. cozy awards. Well, what do you think about these uh, other movies we. Yeah, well, let's. Why don't we rate this film? Because I wonder how those will fall in the cozy. I'm not so sure. You're not so sure either. Yeah, my but friend. not in a, in, a, in a fun way. Um, yes. Okay, so. Yes, in the funnest way. Vest, thrill, and or kill. Uh, oh, uh, Margot Kidder's kill, the unicorn glass menagerie yeah. carolers kill. Um, Margot. Um, Sorry, Barb. Barb. Uh, A Barb to death. Me? Um, I, I think it's going to be that little cutaway scene when you know she knows he's in the house and the, the tracing, the climax. Yeah. Yeah. And then out of 13, I'll give this a 12. 12. I'm going to go. Thirteen. Wow, my buddy. I loved it. I I gotta say, as far as slashers go, I probably like, or I do like Halloween and Friday Thirteenth Part Two more. But this is pretty close under those. I would definitely watch this again. It has that yeah. mm-hmm. feeling of rewatchability, but also. It's so good. And I'd always heard that it was good, but I don't think I realized it was this good. I think when you, when you aren't really familiar, a lot of movies get thrown at you. Like I hadn't seen Sleepaway Camp prior mm-hmm. to this. And I think I thought mm, this is maybe a little dated, like Sleepaway mm-hmm. Camp or something. No, this thing. Yeah, or if something gets called like a, a cult movie, sometimes it's hard to know what the cult likes yeah. about it. This is just cult because enough people haven't seen it. It's a yeah. good movie. Well, if you consider like a movie being really good, if it's like every element of it was at the best it could be. Yeah. I'd say this movie is that. And like yeah. we said, is one of the scariest movies yeah. I think we watched. I don't want to oversell it for anybody that hasn't seen it. I think probably yeah. most of the listeners here have, but it's just so adept. How fun yeah. could it be for you to have it be a holiday perennial it favorite great. along with great. the, I, I, I have my, uh, Perennials coming up. I'm going to be watching Gremlins yeah. and uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Those are my two uh, those are favorite your Christmas huh? movies. I already watched Home Alone, as I said. So uh, that's yeah. What What are for you? Well, Christmas Vacation for sure. Yeah. I don't watch it every year, but that one is mm-hmm. probably the most repeated. We watched Christmas Story Christmas, the new one, and really enjoyed that. Oh, yeah. Um, but for me, I love... Uh, favorites well i love it's a wonderful life too i really like um christmas in connecticut i really like some of the older ones yeah yeah a night to remember mm-hmm. um i know i'm forgetting some what are some of the recent classics oh well, love actually or a uh... i watched rudolph and um santa claus is coming to town uh, with Glenn. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, those uh, are fun. Elf. Yeah, I like Elf. Yeah, it's funny. There's there there are a, 
a good amount of Christmas movies, but I, every year I find myself wishing there was more mm-hmm. to choose from. Yeah. Uh, I, you say, and you showed, um, those movies to Glenn when we, last year we watched Scrooge, which is not mm-hmm. an every year Christmas movie, but it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we watched Elf mm-hmm. and we showed our daughter it. And it's funny for, uh, she was four at the time. Elf for a four-year-old plays like an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm <laughs> where somebody's doing the like minor social infraction in her mind. Yeah. Uh, uh, or, or like, so when he picked up the big like two liter jug of like soda and drank it, she like just covered her face. Like, oh no. Like, it's not funny. Yeah. It's just like, doesn't this person realize this is <laughs> against the rules? <laughs> <laughs> I also watched a Dean Martin Christmas special with Sinatra and both of their families, and it was really weird. Sometimes I like to dig into old variety shows like an Andy Williams, because they always take place in a heightened studio set version of their own houses that are supposed to be like their own houses. It's just a weird conceit. I watched the Judy Garland one last year. And I also like to dig back into classic like 70s and 80s TV show Christmas specials. So whenever they do a Christmas episode. You know? you know, it's funny when you're talking about this right now, I was just thinking like, oh, part of what's appealing about like old Christmas stuff is like, if you like whatever the mask of wholesomeness is on old entertainment, yeah, that mask during Christmas time is put on so oh. fucking tight with like screws yeah. to like put the, it's mask. the man in the iron mask yeah. yes yes of, of 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 masking but it did make me for a moment go oh the whole thing that's like boiling under black christmas the movie is this kind of like what's shifting morality what's happening and the fact that that's all like happening during christmas I and know. it's like oh what what she call it snockered christmas time is a lot of times when people get snockered, snockered. the idea that there is this like clear dividing line of morality and then like christmas is a time where it gets real confused oh (laughs) for sure and this will be the last time i i pimp this but townland our christmas song is about that being like how you either need to have a drink at christmas or christmas forces that on you or whatever you know it's called christmas on the rocks you gotta listen to it it's great yeah Uh, all right so should we uh Let's, yeah. let's announce it. Go ahead. Take it away. Our, our next season after this, we'll take a break after this five episode run, and then we'll come back with five other films. Yeah, well, I'll get credit where credit's due. This was your idea because we were like, hey, we're doing five holiday movies. Why well, don't we've we... talked about this in the past. Uh, but the idea of doing it now and how it relates to that we watched five holiday movies. Yeah. And then you were like, well, doesn't isn't there five Final Destination movies, yeah. and I said I believe so. So yeah, oh my god, the most like fun franchise in the world, the, the, the Final Destination. I've movies. never seen a single one. Oh my god! Although it, I did, have, someone did spoil the ending of the fifth one. Gosh, that's online. ten in a row. Then I watched all five of these holiday movies before, and no, I, I've only seen three of the Final Destination oh, movies. Okay. Have you seen the fifth one? Um, no, and I didn't see the fourth. And I didn't see the fourth. <laughs> uh, but, someone did spoil the ending, but oh yeah. well. Now this leads to why it was. Uh, I heard we didn't. The reason we were going to talk about this on yeah. the episode, you're like, save it. Let's talk about. It, was the people who pitched the new Final Destination like reboot movies or whatever in their Zoom pitch that they did to producers? 
they had like a machine start not working, like a fan doesn't work. And so one of them goes over to fix it, then it like cut off his head or something. Oh and they're gosh. like, this is awesome. You got the job. that's brilliant oh my god well i'm excited usually we announce this at the end of a season but now we all have something to look forward to yes that's right a final destination Uh, but not the final destination hopefully not i mean who knows either both of us could die on new year's eve night yeah it is a little risky they say to ride down the ball in the uh, Times square but we're gonna do it yeah, that's what we should announce. That we haven't even announced that we're riding we the ball. Did we? Did we? I don't think we did. I think we've been so accepting that it's going to happen that we never even said anything about You're it. Right? We never talked about this. So, so yeah, Matt and I. Well, Matt built these special belts. That but it was strap, your idea. Yeah, but you made it. Well, we these worked belts together. That they strap into the ball yeah. on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't tested it, but like no. when I hold the belt, it just feels so strong. We know how belts work. Everybody knows it. We don't need to. We know belts how exist. Work. Yes, balls so, and straps. So I'll strap. Uh, yeah, and then when it's going down, um, we're riding it. Was yeah, the idea. And you'll see that live on TV. Yeah, and the- if you don't, it's because the belt is broken and we fall into our death. So, <laughs> but that won't happen. Or um, because um, uh, the powers told us we couldn't oh god don't get me started on the powers <laughs> of uh um uh stephanie powers well i was gonna talk about the illuminati oh shit it's three people paul mccartney uh, <laughs> thomas jane jane thomas uh well listen listeners of the patron have a wonderful christmas listeners of the free feed hope you had a nice christmas Oh, yeah. Happy holidays, everybody. Yes. And we'll be back next week with New Year's Evil. Ooh. 10987654321 blood. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Boo Year. For more Gorley and Rust content, head over to patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust to get episodes ad-free and a whole week early. Plus, monthly mailbag episodes and feature-length watch-along film commentaries of your favorite horror classics. That's patreon.com slash withgorleyandrust. Email us at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com, and your questions might be featured on a future mailbag episode. With Gorley and Rust theme song by me, Matt Gorley, and performed by Townland. You can find us on Instagram as Townland Band, as well as Paul's fantastic band at Don't Stop or We'll Die. And why not rate and review with Gorley and Rust on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show and keep us trucking through the Jasons and the Michaels, the Leatherfaces and the Chuckies, the Aliens and the Candymans. Hey, hey, it's Kip Bodner, CMO of HubSpot. Join me and my co-host, Kieran Flanagan, CMO over at Zapier, on Marketing Against a Grain. We're not the typical regurgitated Twitter threads. These are takes from us, marketing leaders about what we're doing and what we're learning from our peers and what's working in the market and how you can apply them to your business. Everything you need to grow a modern business and have a strategy that is fit for growth in today's changing economy. Listen to our podcast, Marketing Against the Grain, wherever you get your podcasts. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. 
For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.